everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today we are covering episodes 48 and 49 of Digimon Adventure 02. This show has officially gone banana snapple. It is off the rails. These episodes are something else entirely. And I yeah, love them this... for reasons that are completely different from what I, how I loved last week's episodes. <laughs> yeah, th- this is this yeah, is where the show. A, this is a lot. <laughs> this is where the show's just like, all right, we don't have a lot to work with here, but you know, we're just gonna try and make something cool and see what happens. And you know, I think they get most of the way there, but it's undeniable that the the specter of Digimon Adventure Two's past is. Uh, Kind of hard to ignore uh, while watching these still, but yeah, they, they are they are pretty they're pretty ridiculous. So I'm I'm excited to talk to them, talk about them. There is a specter haunting Digimon Adventure Zero Two. Yes, and its name is <laughs> well, we'll get to that. So we'll, we'll get to its name. Before we get into that, uh, I would like to wish uh, a happy thirtieth birthday as the time of this recording to Nakano Haito, who has done a lot of Atmon designs and recent Digimon designs including some not-too-bad uh, ex-antibodies, but that's not saying a lot because they're ex-antibodies. And uh, he has done a lot of the artwork for the recent card games and the older ones. So, you know what? Happy birthday to a legend. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday to the Post the tweet a little bit up. It's, uh, he's the one. He's the author of our ping, and he is the one we have to blame for most of the ex-antibody designs. <laughs> I, you know, but still, I tried, happy birthday. and and I can give you that you tried. Yeah, but still, happy birthday nonetheless. We we appreciate you regardless. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I will say it does make me remind. It just sort of remind me that like, I, I kind of blame the blame the series to an extent, given that they credit everything to so to Akiyoshi Hongo, which is not a real person. It's like three names combined into one. Um, but a lot of when it a lot of the like people involved in Digimon is something that's kind of a bit alien to me. Like with some exceptions like Koji Wada, but generally when it comes to like personnel that have worked on Digimon, I'm not great at this sort of, I'm not great at remembering who did what. And that's kind of a shame. I wish there was more visibility there. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember certain key names. Like I'll never, I'll never forget Yoji Shinkawa from uh, like the Metal Gear Solid artists. They're, they're like phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes when it comes to video games and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Like the one artist for Digimon like I can think of off the top of my head is like uh Watanabe Kenji. But like I don't even think like he's like uh I'm not even sure like what he has like worked on, but I know he's worked on like a lot of the card art. So it's like I wish I knew like who designed like a lot more of these monsters, frankly, because I would like to give them credit because you know what? A lot of these monsters are pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah. unfortunately it's not like Pokemon where every single one has accredited designer in like the art book or whatever. Yeah, 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 that's right. I think it's I think it's I think it's just a thing in a lot of um I was gonna say Japanese, but it's that's not really true. Like in a in a lot of like big media projects, credit crediting to that extent is sometimes a bit hard to see unless it's like a video game or a film or something like that where you've got actual credits. Uh I mean like the amount of soundtracks i've seen that land on spotify with just like you know for example um oh there's one i saw recently and i think everything was just credited to valve i'm guessing it was half-life alex and it's just like no 
human beings recorded that soundtrack. You need to say who they are. You know, it's not like programming or whatever where there's yeah. a bunch of people. So yeah, yeah, anyway, that's that that kind of thing does get under my skin. So it's it's a shame uh, that that's not more visible. But you know, I guess with Twitter and stuff, people at least nowadays can get out there and say, "Hey, I did I did this." Yeah, this and like cool. to to you know, like being... people, I think people are generally getting better at that. Like I know, and this is a weird example, but I know most most gacha games have individual credits for every artist who worked on each character now, which is great. That is good. That is good. Um, because like you know, like they're, you're. Gambling for JPEGs, you should probably say who drew those JPEGs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, is just, yeah, that, is what, that is what's happening there, yeah, totally. <laughs> anyway, um, we've, got some, we've got some news for everyone for this week. Play the... Play Did the new little, mods drop? A new, no, there's no new mods, but play, play a little jingle because this is exciting for us specifically, I think. Ooh, okay. okay. Is it, Digimon, so is it learned, Digimon Survive? I learned today that not only... It's not Digimon Survive, no. Uh. <laughs> but today I learned that not only does uh, Chiaki Kanaka have a Twitter account, not only does he use Lopmon as his icon, but he speaks very eloquent English, like surprisingly eloquent English. And he's given us a little teaser. Would one of you mind reading out um, the second half of uh, this tweet for me, please? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go for it. I'll go for it. Okay. Uh, so. Um... However, this year is the 20th anniversary, so there might be something around the summer. This year now, is the 20th anniversary of Tamers. This, this is yes, this is that's right. Kanaka himself teasing something for the 20th anniversary this summer. And see, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play Debbie Downer here, and I'm gonna be like, he might be saying this as someone who doesn't know anything and he's just guessing. Like he may, it's, he it's... may not know. Like I. I I want to keep my expectations in check. And also, even if he does know, it may just be something like, hey, hers, like, the Tamer's Digivice, like, reissued or something like that. Which, cool. Po- possibly, but the fact that he's saying this at all makes gives me some gives me some hope. As long as it's not uh, Digimon Tamer's colon 2021, I will be perfectly happy. Even if it's even if it's some sort of, like, hey, a Japanese-only uh, audio drama about, like, the kids as adults... I would, I will be happy. Like, <laughs> I don't care. As long as it's not. So, Tame is set in 2001. <laughs> so we, we know we know definitively that it's not an anime because the person he's responding to asks him if there's going to be a new anime for the 20th anniversary. And he yeah. says, as for animation, uh, no, I tried to I tried to make an effort for it, but it didn't work out. It's However, this be year's a 20th anniversary. audio CD. Let's get it. <laughs> Okay, so I like that he's out there saying he's trying to make stuff happen because honestly, I I just didn't you know I, I don't want to assume that these people want to work on stuff again that they worked on all this time ago. Like some people are definitely all up for it, and some people are just like, yeah, I did the thing, whatever. Let me let me live. I'm. It's nice to see that he's interested in going back to it. Um, you know, uh, which is cool. Um, it's nice to see. So yeah, sorry. I'm just trying, <laughs> trying to explore all avenues of what this could mean. So it's not an animation. Um, even if it was just like a blue, I, I don't know if the Blu-rays have already been released for for Tamers. Have they already done the the remaster treatment to them, or is this? And I, I know in, like... in Japan, yeah, but America hasn't gotten anything since that big DVD box set back in 2014, I think. Depression. That's a shame. But so, uh, but uh, while I was. Yeah. Sorry. While I was combing through his tweets, I did find a, a very good quote of his as well that I think 
kind of vindicates us in our stance. So um, he he made an announcement that in Japan, um, all of Tamers has been added up to Anime Log, which is a YouTube account that posts free legal ways to watch a bunch of anime from um, a bunch of different studios, including Toei. Um, which is the which is pretty darn cool. Uh, it's Japan exclusive, but someone in response to this, because you know this is the internet, people are whining all the time. Someone asked for um if he could bring the sub uh to, you know elsewhere in YouTube and in, in English because they they hate the dub and they don't want the dub to um you know be the only way to watch it for them. And so Chiaki Kanaka straight up says to this person, the strength of visual works, whether animation or live action, is. That the main elements, especially the emotions, are conveyed properly, even if there are differences in translation, which I think is a, be- a beautiful quote. And like, it's him straight up saying, "Don't be a dork. Dubs are fine, <laughs> as long as as long as the emotions get across, which I think they do in, uh, for the most part, especially in Tamers. It doesn't matter whether the the minutia are are one to one. The Tamers do. The Tamers. Okay, yeah, but also I wish he just said, "Shut your mouth, put some respect on Steve Bloom's name." Uh, yeah, the Tamers dub is fantastic. Yeah, I'm not surprised he can speak uh, good English, by the way, because uh, I'm pretty sure the J stands for John, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I think he's, I think, I think, I think he does have some in, like Western. Gotta, we gotta fact check this right now. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure, because like middle name, I know for I know for that middle names aren't common in Japan, like like that anyway, like the Homer J Simpson thing. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure. Okay, so I I, I just I just looked it up, I... and he he is. He is fully Japanese. Um, the J oh. is part of his stage name, oh. like his pen name, rather. Um, I don't know why he I read says. That. Yeah, he said he says it's meant to evoke the Christian name John. Oh, um, and he he styled it after his uh, favorite Western artist, like uh, Charles M. Schultz. Right, I gotta yeah, respect okay. that. This, this is all coming back to me. Yep, good stuff. So also, I want a. Go ahead. I'm just I'm just now realizing that his 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 job like his Twitter handle is Yamaki. <laughs> he just made himself up for one of his characters. That's so good. Do you want to know a fun fact about the second part of that handle? Go, Go for so, it. So, uh, Chiaka, uh, Chiaki Konaka's uh, Twitter account for those who may want to know is at Yamaki underscore Nix. So Nix is actually an organization that he fa- he uh, like founds and like leads in the um. CD audio drama Digimon Tamers 2018 colon well, days information in the unordinary. So it is essentially uh, what Hypnos was, but as a full on like wide scale Japanese organization. There's something there's something really funny about that. I don't know why, but like something about a creator going on Twitter and naming themselves like giving themselves like a, a gamer tag themed after the work that they wrote themselves. <laughs> Like, can you, if you're fine, Yamaki underscore Nix on Fortnite, <laughs> Yamaki himself just killed you in Tomato Town. To be, like, to be fair, you... to be fair, if 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 for like for example Tetsuya Nomura joined Twitter, like formally, uh, I- I'm pretty sure he would definitely call himself like Doc Sephiroth XX or whatever. Like, <laughs> no, it would be like Noctis. I feel like. Happen. Can you imagine if just Zack yeah, Snyder okay. joined it and he named himself XX Superman Jesus XX? <laughs> Again, oh. again, believable. <laughs> and he's and he's and he's and his avatar is just a black and white picture of Batman or whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that's right. It's a black and white anyway, picture of Superman to, in, the, in the, the crucifix pose. <laughs> that oh, movie man. was horrible. Stop it. Uh, oh, I, 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 need really to, I need to send you 
I need to just open to loan uh, in relation to that. But yeah, shall we? Uh, is there any more news? Is there any more news? Uh, that's that's all I could find. I just wanted to mention that because I figured you'd be excited by it, and it'll probably excite our our viewers. Again, this is confirmed not an anime, but any kind of like 20th anniversary celebration of Tamers, I think, would be cool. Yeah, no, I'm 100% on board. Yeah, uh, trying to keep expectations in check, but I do want to see some love for the best Digimon series after having so much love for the the close runner up. So. Definitely. Uh, Scrafty, would you like to take us away on episode 48 then? Uh, absolutely. So episode 48, uh, written by Seth Walter in English and Hiro Masaki in Japanese, is called Oikawa's Shame, or Terror, Belial Vamdemon in Japanese. So this one starts out with the entire gang, both generations of the gang, hanging out around Heightened Dew Terrace. They're watching all of the kids who have the dark spores implanted in them gathering there. And they think that Oikawa might be up to something because he didn't realize, like, he wasn't there to see Black War Ramon seal the gate, so he's probably just going to go through with his plan anyway. However, while watching the kids, they're unaware that they themselves are being watched by Oikawa and his Team Rocket minions, who are kind of just biding their time and waiting for everyone to get there so they can kick off their plan. It's revealed that all of the parents are all doing their own things to help, like they're continuing on the jobs they had before, you know, attempting to do everything they can to thwart Oikawa and then bring the kids back home. And Izzy's mom decides that she wants to help too by going and grabbing all the kids' parents so that they can hopefully talk some sense into them. Then the, the faded moments at hand, all the kids are gathered, and Oikawa kicks off his plan by giving us a big exposition dump that kind of explains how he ties in to everything that's happened so far. So he knew that Ken was, the, like, was, was the, the Digimon Emperor, was the Digidestined, because he had the Dark Spore inside of him, and he manipulated him into erecting all the control spires, because what he was trying to do by doing that was weaken the border between the two worlds so that he could pass through and enter the digital world himself. But, you know, the, 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 the Zero-Two gang thwarted that, so he had to create Arakenimon and Mamimon to start doing his backup plan, which is to destroy the Destiny Stones and further weaken the, the boundary. And then when that didn't work, he moved on to uh, phase three of his plan, which was to send everyone the, around the world on the wild goose chase so that he could find a bunch of children who were desperate and would submit to the dark spores so that he could use them to pass through the gate between worlds. And it's kind of the explanation for why this works is different in both versions. In English, in the dub, I think he kind of just says that it's like feeding on the kid's innocence and he needs the innocence of children to pass through or something like that. Whereas in the Japanese version, instead, he says that the dark spores are made out of the, the same material that the barrier is made out of. So if he has a bunch of kids with dark spores in one place, he can basically like slip through because the, the barrier won't realize that he's there. So having achieved his plan, like when all the kids are, are starting to, to charge their power by singing, singing a little song about going to the digital world, uh, instead of you know laughing with triumph or gloating or whatever, Oikawa just starts crying mix of sorrow and joy. He's happy that he has accomplished his goal, but he's so heartbroken that he couldn't bring his friend Hiroki with him. And to enact the final part of his plan, he opens a program on his laptop and does a very familiar interface, which is the the card interface that we saw in season one that the kids had to use to, to get back to the, the human world. However, he makes a critical error. In the missing spot where you're supposed to put the Gomamon card, he instead puts the Agumon card. And they never touch on this, but this is the reason why when the door opens, he doesn't go to the digital world, but rather a weird space between spaces, a negative zone, kind of, that allows his true master to break free. And it turns out, all along, as the title of the episode suggests, it was, in fact, Myodismon, who 
possessed him three years ago after he was defeated in the human world and has been uh, subtly manipulating him ever since then to try to return to the digital world so that he can recoup his power and become even stronger. And he kind of explains all this and then harvests the dark spores from the kids to power himself up since they, you know, they have the, the material of, uh, that forms the barrier around the digital world in them. So it makes him exponentially stronger. And his first order of business, he just immediately disposes of both Arakenimon and Mummymon pretty graphically. He eats Arakenimon and then melts Mummymon into goo using his Crimson Mist attack. And then everyone else kind of gears up to fight, but they're they're so terrified and, and, and scared of, of what's going to happen. So that's where we kind of leave off for it, with everyone cowering in fear as Davis and Mummymon charge on ahead to face the, the danger head on. This episode is a lot. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on in this one, and there um, is so much going on. Some of it's yeah. good, some of it's bad, but um, it's let's call it a mixed bag. Uh, I... the Myers Mon stuff is 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 bad. Well, yeah, if they if they did anything bad. about it at all to like lead up to it or hint at it in any way, it would be less bad. It would still be bad, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. But like, this is just. Literally, it's teased uh, in episode 47 for the dub and 46 for the sub. So it's like, that is not, and it's like barely even at that point. Like, like yeah. this is bananas. They keep name dropping my, it's Mon in a few episodes, like uh, this one, and then also other, other ones recently, where you get, you get the feeling that like, they are looking to basically say to you, in no, in, in no uncertain terms, Hey, hey, Mayo's mons, Mayo's mons here. <laughs> like Mayo's mon is the villain. He is, he is about to show his, show his face. Um, so like, but it's not enough, obviously. Like, I feel like this would work if like the show was gonna go on for another ten episodes or something, because at least then you could kind of give him some more flavor. As it is, it needn't even be him. Like, I think the one thing that they do to try and justify it and it kind of almost works uh, well it works it works in in the sense that like, it's functional it's not really particularly interesting though so they do the thing where the uh they, they cut back to like when, when the end of the uh, venom is one fight in in an adventure uh the kids are about to go back to the digital world to fight the dark masters and then you have uh orikawa like looking at that all oh, this happening mean like you know, he's doing the Yu-Gi-Oh. It should have been me, not them, me. Uh, he's doing that meme, um, and um, yeah, and then, and then that's when my mom is like, apparently he's still in the ether. Like, okay, sure, whatever, that works, I guess. At least you bothered to like sort of explain how this would work in like the timeline or whatever. Um, but it's not interesting. It, might, it could have just been anything. Like, it could have been. I don't know, like, you could have done Millennium Mon, and that would have been, like, a fun treat for, like, the, for people that have been following along since the since the cartoon, since, you know, with the game and stuff, but it would have the same effect for the casual viewer, because it's kind of like, okay, so we kind of knew there was a dark influence, even over Okawa since last episode, but, like, yeah, you're basically just pulling out a big bad because you can't have Oikawa literally be the, the final boss. So yeah, it it's it smacks of a marketing, it smacks of like a marketing decision to me. Like people look and so oh, Myosmon's popular. Let's bring back Myosmon, and then like just they kind of were forced at the eleventh hour to shoehorn him into the story because like everything beforehand, even in this very episode, built up to Oikawa being like 
you know, the ultimate big bad. Like, he was the one who was behind everything before. And then in literally yeah. the second half of the second last episode, we get, oops, no, someone was behind him all along. I I will say, though, I kind of like the... There was One of the parts I liked about this episode the most was the fact that, like, when Oikawa gets to the digital world, like, he is very different like he's even just straight up saying to the like why aren't you playing with the other kids like are you okay and like he's like worried about these kids who are like freaking out because they're in the chaos dimension and like i think that's actually pretty cool like he's still evil but like there is like a another side of it that like okay like yeah like it makes sense like that he that he's possessed like so it's like he's not true evil it's like i don't know i think that's kind of like a... Yeah, I I do I do really like that his his goal isn't malevolent. Like it's not to destroy anything or to to wreck the world or whatever. It's purely yeah. he just purely wants to achieve him and his dead best friend slash crush's um childhood dream of of reaching the digital world. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still he's still being like manipulated to do all this by Moritz's mind. And by the way, when they start like you know going off on plan, basically like. Oh, yeah, the plan to do put the dark spores and all these kids and all this sort of stuff, and it's, it's, it's a lot of, it, it's, it feels like the episode's just doing so much to try and make this work. When I don't know, like I feel like this plan should have been exposed in like an earlier episode, and then this episode would have been like the race against time to try and do something about it. I don't know. Like that's kind of me. Yeah, no, yeah, cuz they literally they literally try to explain the dark spores, the dark spirals and the dark rings and the the control <laughs> yes. spires. Like they try to like like put together this whole like conspiracy theory pin board of like how these all tie into Malomyosis like yeah. fantastic plan and it's it is the most exposition heavy-handed like <laughs> mess imaginable. Yeah. Can I ask a question about this? So the so the Millennium Mon stuff, uh, I, I'm going back to him because the original thing from the ending of the Tag Tamers game, which, you know, does tie into the show, it is important and it is part of Ken's backstory. The So the deal there is that Millennium Mon basically, like, you know, infects Ken with the darkness or whatever. Um, yeah. Puts his evil in him. This episode... Yeah, exactly. Does... This episode kind of retcons that to say that actually it was it was a week a week all along, well, or technically Malamaitis Mon all along. Like I think right? it's I think it's the implication the behind like... that maybe it's maybe it's just a bit more clear in the sub, but I think the implication is it's less that he was like he put the spore in him and more he took advantage of a situation. Like he he because, saw that like, Ken had t- the spore and decided to work off of that. Because he looks at see I don't I don't think that's right because he looks at Ken. As like a a pop, you know younger than he is now. Um, at his brother's funeral, basically, and I think by that point he doesn't have the spore yet. I I think that's right, but I'm again I'm the timeline here with regards to like no yeah when, he he, no, he doesn't know. Ken has the spore in him before before his brother dies. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, because because it's it's him in. coming back from the digital world that that causes um, his brother to to get upset with him. There's too right. Many, that's right. This, okay. this, by this point, there's just too many players in the story. So like, yeah, it's it's gone one layer too deep by introducing 
Malamayota Spawn as as the additional puppet master because like so Ken was a puppet like, Ken was a puppet master he was responsible for manipulating all the dark rings and dark spirals and then Arakanima was manipulating him and then Oikawa was manipulating him or her and then Malamayota Spawn was manipulating him and it just goes it's one it's one step too far like it reminds me of Attack of the Clones when the plan to assassinate Padme is Palpatine asks Count Dooku, who asks Jango Fett, who asks the shapeshifter lady, who sends a robot, who sends bugs, who use poison to kill Padme. This is the most I've learned. This is the most I've heard about any sort of detail about Attack of the Clones for years, <laughs> uh, other than just it's and and uh, the the lightsaber CGI fuck best at the end. I just I think about it so much, like that how convoluted that plan is, and this this reminds me of that, like. Malamayosmon went like six six people deep <laughs> in this manipulation to try to get his power back. Just just a good strategy is to not be like Attack of the Clones, which I I, yeah. will, I will appreciate that this this came out before Attack of the Clones, so I will give it some leeway there. But I don't understand why he had to possess him. Like his their goals were the same. He didn't have to manipulate him in that way. <laughs> he could have just been like, "Yo, you want to get to the digital world? Me too. Let's team up. Team up, buddy." Yeah. Sure. But well, I, gu- I guess the I, idea I was know. that he needed, like, a body because, like, his- otherwise his data would have disappeared or something. Like, that's what I'm assuming. Because, like, first of all, it makes no sense that, like, he was able to, like, maintain his form as a spirit or whatever and possess a person despite the fact that he's just data. And when we see Pumpkinmon, Gatsumon, and Wizardmon all die, they just go poof into data but not Myotismon. I like that... You know what I would have liked is that if they'd have just said, "Oh, you know that, you know that, how you just were you just able to make Digimon using your DNA," which is like what? And it would have been nice if they just explicitly said, "No, that was a power that Malamaya is one gave you," because like they don't explicitly say that, and I think that would have been nice because that one that is such a big world building element, world building element that they just toss in there. And it's just like you can't just say people can make Digimon using their DNA. You need to, you only do that if it's going to be a major plot point. You can't just have the villain be like, "Oh, you made some Digimon." You know, you need to. And, and this would have been a nice opportunity to sort of go back on that and say, "No, he could only do that because of Malamayosmon." And then that might have even justified it a little more to be like, "Oh, okay, there was a hint all along that." Well, we've kind of known this, but like there was a hint all along that there was some greater influence at work here. Uh, as it is, it kind of just feels like Aoikawa did everything that he wanted to because he wanted to do it, and then uh, Malamaya's mom was along for the ride, which, okay, <laughs> I guess. You know, whatever. That's, yeah. his, his participation in Aoikawa's schemes ultimately kind of just feels like, you know, it feels like a coincidence. Yeah, fortune, it feels like a coincidence, honestly. Yeah, he just got he just got lucky. He's like, he, maybe yeah. okay, maybe he could be like, yeah, he could sense this guy was gonna do some some shit. He'd probably want to be part of, but other than that, there's no sense of like give or take, give and take from this pairing. So, so yeah, he is literally just there at the end to be the the big gurning villain. So, kind of daft, but eh, I'm not sure what else they were able to do. I, I don't I don't know how I would have written this ending. Um, you know. I just I just wouldn't have included a Malamayosmon. Like just straight up, just make make the final villains. Like Oikawa gets to the digital world, but he's like, you know, putting the kids in danger because they've got like evil trees growing in them in the process. Um 
And the only way he can stay there is by having the kids with him, because if he if they're not there, he's gonna get booted out uh, from not having his buffer. Um, so I don't know. He evolves Arakenimon and Mummymon to like a big monster form, and they have to fight them or something. Like I don't know. There's a bunch more ways you could have made this a climactic finish without re- resorting to this weird, like, borderline pandering aspol. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. an aspol. And I yeah. feel like there's there's more elegant aspols. Like I think I think again I think the the cool way to do it would have been to have Millennium Mon in there and be like, oh you you stupid human messing around with my dark power or whatever. And he's like, wait, who the hell are you? And then Ken's like, oh it's it's it, I know I know that he's the he's the source of the power. Blah blah blah. You know there's you could have done some fun stuff with that and basically have kept the episode in a vacuum as entertaining as it otherwise is because otherwise i think it's a big old big old mess uh but like a fun mess yeah uh, like there you know there there is some 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 pretty messed up stuff in here like we get some foreshadowing um before last episode like you know spoiler alert like malamander swan's big power is he can see people's deepest desires and grant them and grant them in a limited way um so when he when he kills uh Kenyamon, like he he looks into her mind and sees that her greatest desire is to is to be as far away from him as possible and goes, Alright, if you're dead you're far away from me and then munches her. Yeah. Like, that's... that's that's pretty hardcore. I actually like that that sequence of events. Um Oh, it's it's great and it's super haunting. Just like I am just picks her up and like I was really confused for a second. I'm like I'm like, oh man, she's dead. And then she's all there. I'm like, what? And then I'm like, oh, it was just an illusion, right? And then they do it again. And I'm like, oh man, now she's dead. And then I'm like, wait, she's still there. And then he finally eats her. I'm like, okay, I hope she's dead now because otherwise I'm gonna be really sick of this bit. I, I liked, I liked that part. I thought it was, I thought it was creepy. Um, and uh, I liked the follow-up part with Mummymon, who kind of gets to show another side of himself, rather than just. He gets he gets a really badass last line. I'm gonna give him that. Yeah, he doesn't. He's gonna, he's I, so I, I was, good. I was watching this. I was watching this and I was thinking I was gonna say something along the lines of, "Why my man gets to go out like a badass?" No, he doesn't. He gets he gets owned very utterly and he, he's easily at the end of the day. But what he's like, he's like uh, spirit here is is very. Um, yeah. It's it's really like that the line he says. He he. Go ahead. Yeah, like the line he says in both versions is is really awesome. And in the dub, uh, Malamayosmon says, uh, "Oh, you think you can scare me with your little bandage attack? I'm not afraid of you." And then when one picks up his gun and goes, "That I'll teach you to fear me." And it's like, whoa, that's like a weirdly hardcore line from this 100 percent comic relief yeah. character. It's like all all the it's jokes. It's so about... good. It's really good. All the jokes about like you know, it's like oh, he's a, he's just a you know he's just simping for other anyone or whatever it's like yeah it's very easy to just you know they kind of lean on that dynamic so hard with those characters to the point where they're kind of not even character more one's not even really a character and then in the final hour it's just like oh he's he, he's going to react to this like a not like a normal person would rather than just like you know a comedy cartoon character would which is really striking yeah <laughs> um yeah, and, um, and, and then he gets it, a melted, it's, it's like, which is yeah, it, which is horrifying. Yeah, he he, he goes out, he goes out. He gets oh, like God. liquefied, yeah. It's bad. But the, <laughs> it's, the, it's... his his 
his last line in the sub is great as well. He because he he lifts his gun and then um Malamayosman says you can't possibly expect to survive what uh, even one minute against me, and then Mamiwan says I'm all right with dying as long as I can take you down with me, and then he melts him, and then Malamayosman kind of like spitefully muses as he goes, "It's no fun when they have nothing to fear." Oh, jeez. <laughs> Which comes back later. <laughs> well, that yeah. concept kind of comes back a bit later, but yeah. There's, um, yeah, I, I mean, the whole ending sequence here is really just about building up reasons to care about my my mom, which I think probably not not effective at doing that, but you know, I, I appreciate that for these two idiot sidekicks, uh, they kind of get something, uh, they kind of get a decent last hurrah, at least in terms of like a, a memorable moment from the show. Um, yeah. As for Aoikawa, who kind of, it kind of goes out in this moment too, and it doesn't even really feel that. Well, I don't know, actually, maybe he does come back in like 50, episode 50 or something, but for the moment, he's not, he's not a factor. You know, as soon as, as soon as, uh, Malan Mayotispan shows his, shows his face, well, shows his lips and then the rest of him, <laughs> I suppose he, <laughs> he takes center stage. So, um, I did like the line. Oh my god! I did like the line when Malaitis um, <laughs> says to Amikawa, he says, "You are the perfect tool." <laughs> I'm just thinking the delivery there isn't quite probably what they were going for, but I really appreciated it nonetheless, <laughs> just because like it's really good. It just yeah. sounds like he's just calling him a, a tool. <laughs> so um, I, I I did like that. Um, but yeah, Amikawa like his breakdown realizing oh this isn't right um uh, is it's pretty good yeah it's like a lot of oikawa's stuff in this episode from the flashback to like what's happening in the present is like really painful and again like i appreciate like that he has this much emotional depth that we're seeing like before he is quote-unquote beaten like it's really good like it yeah it's good like, he is just, like, he wants to go to the digital world, and when you bring up, when, like, the idea of, like, children being the buffer to go to the digital world has me thinking that, like, children are a VPN, so adults can go to the digital world safely. Yeah, that's, but, that's like, essentially what they are in the, in the sub. Like, he straight up says that he, he, if he goes through by himself, he'll just be bounced right back, so he needs them to cloak his presence. He just needs a VPN. But I, it's like, he also at the same time is like, he wants like these kids to experience this magical thing that he has been waiting to see all his life. Like, there's yeah. there's a lot of depth to that. And I like, I genuinely appreciate it. Oikawa is just like... He's clearly, not, he's clearly not a good guy, but he does have some good intentions. Oikawa is basically like... He's like the dad who like grows up, you know, he has a he has a kid and he's like, hey, kid, you should play this cool game. It's called it's called Halo. And the kid plays it for like two seconds and he's like, yeah, this is old and boring. Um, yeah, the kid sees it and goes, yeah, hey, that's the guy from Fortnite. Give me four. It's the guy from Fortnite. And then the kid just, and then the, and then the dad just frosts him. Or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the he dad just, just melts just... like Mummy Ma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even better. <laughs> so it's, yeah, he's he's got that he's got that kind of vibe. I would I would have liked something like that where he's like, You're not enjoying it properly and then you know, there's that, that first kid who is scared or whatever, rather than him instantly realizing, Oh wait, yeah, this isn't this isn't right. Um I would have liked to have seen that sort of side of Orikawa, but 
I mean, if the, if that was a side of Orikawa even, but you know, that's up to the writers at the end of the day. If they wanted to go down that route, um, I'm guessing guessing they didn't. Um, yeah. So, what what would you say though? Is what exactly is Orikawa's shame? Because that's the name of this uh, episode I, in English. I think his shame is messing up. I think he 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 got the cards wrong and he ricocheted them to a different world. Because they they say in the like in the dub, oh, it must be because Black Rogueymon blocked the gate. But like that, no, that's not that's not why. Like it's a hundred percent because he he put the wrong card down. Yeah, I mean, but but they don't know that as a thing. Like he's doing it on a laptop, so I understand like why they don't know that. But like, I wish he could have like at least shown them or something, and then you could have had this moment of like the older Justin be like, "No way!" But he does it anyways, and like the the O two kids come charging in, and like Matt and Izzy and Joe are like, "Wait, no, guys, no, you're going to not go to the digital world. It's very, don't go in there." But they like run in anyways. Like, sure, it, I don't like obviously like that's like a little heavy handed for like. Oikawa to turn down around his laptop and be like, look, I'm using this interface to go to the digital world. It was seen in episode something something of Digimon yeah. Adventure. That's like, the thing. This, but... is, this, is, this is such an old plot point. I, I feel like them bringing it back. I, I recognized it from like, again, the Myotismon episodes, which again feels like them trying, like the ghost of a of a hint of <laughs> what might be to come, but I, I, I don't fully remember like the specific like details of that mechanic and expecting anyone else to like at the end of this series and that was and that initial and that was originally back in the middle half of back in the middle point of adventure one like it's a bit ridiculous so i'm not quite sure why they even brought that back to be honest but i kind of love that they don't draw a lot of attention to it because it makes me feel really smart for realizing what his mistake <laughs> but, oh oh definitely um, sure but yeah like it's I think they shouldn't have said, "Oh, maybe it's because Black Four Gray wanted to block the gate," because like that's that's not why, and it just kind of befuddles the entire issue. Right. Yeah, like I like the idea that they're like, "Okay, like once he realizes he can't get in, then like we'll we'll, we'll be able to stop him." But then like, wait, did the seal not work? And it's like, if if you just kept that out, it's like, okay, like that would have been like just having them just be like, oh, "How did he do that?" Yeah, or it, something. it makes the sacrifice like, like maybe feel. The kids Maybe the kids were just so evil that their dark spores were so powerful and it broke. They think it broke through or something. I don't know. Because yeah, like it, it makes his black program sacrifice feel meaningless if they question it like that. Like just, uh, I don't know. It, it it bothers me for some reason. I get no, I get you. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the the original Digidestin kids probably wouldn't be uh, able to help. I mean, Matt specifically is too busy being smooth with Izzy's mom, so. There's no way. Uh, there's no way he could have. He could have assisted. I, is it bad that I had? That I was making those notes in my notes too. <laughs> yeah, I mean Izzy's, that whole. Yeah, Izzy's he's mom. just like he just really cares about you, Mrs. Mrs. Koizumi. It's just like not not Koizumi. Um, it's like you know, Mrs. Izumi, I care about you too. Well, my uh, well, so, yeah. It's like Matt. Like we're trying to be smooth. We all know you're actually a huge dork. Yeah. Uh, I, I've just, I've just. <laughs> Just posted something in the Discord which summarizes Izzy, Izzy 
having his mum show up with with snacks and treats. It's the it's the, it's the clip from. Like... I I actually genuinely love that <laughs> moment because she's she comes to the, she calls Izzy and she's like yeah like I couldn't think of how to help but everyone else is doing their parts so I thought what's my expertise and then she pauses and she's like making snacks and I'm like that's the sweetest thing like she came all the way down to Heightened View Terrace to bring some snacks to the kids on their stakeout like that's the cutest thing imaginable I really like Izzy's mom is so great. I like that she comes to the realization that like, oh, I could be contacting the parents and like trying to, you know, get them on board with what the hell, you know, this isn't a good thing that's going on and what exactly is going on. I'm just thinking that, okay, yes, that makes sense. That's the right thing to do. If she's saying to do that, like, and meanwhile, they're talking about all the other parents being involved. What are they doing? (laughs) Like, surely they should be doing that as well. Like, I mean, okay, you could have, like, Matt's dad at, like, on, like, a ham radio or something trying to, like, do something or contact someone or other. I don't know. But, like... I love that there's... you bring up ham radio because Hiroaki Ishida is most certainly weird enough to have gotten his ham radio operating license. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so, there's that. But, like, I don't know, like, Ty's mom and dad probably, you know, they do something like that, like bringing the cake round to the to the to the um to the like kids neighbors and uh sorry to the kids parents and stuff to have a chat and i don't know yeah like what else are they gonna do so i thought that was funny that they just kind of like decided not to ask Izzy's mom to do anything <laughs> that she kind of just figured it out by herself so i don't know yeah she i'm glad that they keep coming back to izzy's family because they were a really really like cute dynamic in the in the Myosis monarch and it's nice to see them come back again when they really don't need to. Yeah, and, like, and you can and arguably, you can see that again. Yeah, and arguably they probably shouldn't because like you should be spending more time on like your Lay's family, for example. But um, but no, they bring back Izzy's family, and you know what? I I don't I don't mind. I don't mind in the slightest. Uh, I can't I can't believe your got sword at the eleventh hour. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about that next episode because I have a lot to say. Uh, it's I don't know what that is. Uh, I was gonna say, like, I like the way that, like, Izzy is in this episode, because, like, he is kind of harsh to his mom. He's like, no, mom, you gotta go away. And it's like, well, dude, like, calm down. That's your mom. But it's like, it makes sense, because he was, like, always so worried about them, like, in Adventure, like, both, like, with his dynamic as, like, the adopted child and, like, the fact that they were, like, put in a lot of danger that, like, he could only barely save them from thanks to Jedi's help, like, in during the invasion of, of uh, Myrosmon's army, like, it's it's a, it's a nice thing to see, like, that interaction of, like, how how intensely uh, Izzy cares about his parents. But also, Izzy definitely would be a shoppy teenager. Like, he would be... No, he wouldn't. He's, he's 14. He's a mama's he boy. He's yeah, a mama's well, boy. He can be both. <laughs> he can be both. Very easily. Speaking so, of the Zero Two kids, the the line I didn't even re- I didn't even remember I didn't realize was going to be in here is uh, is he being like, does it bother you that ties with Sora instead of you? And <laughs> that threw me for a loop. I'm like, are are Matt and Sora like officially a thing now? Like, why would it like? Do they all know yes. that Matt's just like yes. pining for Sora? No, yeah, totally. They've they've established this well enough between like the 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 scene of like Soru and the cookies and backstage at the concert. This is this is Well, no. I mean, yeah, but like are they officially a thing that like Only in the dub. Only in the 
Is that well, like not? Like, is that not a thing in the song? We're watch- no, we're watching, in, in the, we're watching the dub. So <laughs> yeah, and yeah, in the sub, um, Koshiro just asks Yamato why he didn't go with Sora, and he just kind of shrugs and says, "I don't have Gabumon with me, so I I, I needed Agumon to to go along with her." Bit boring. boring. So it's 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 much more utilitarian than like, you know. The more romantic implications of the dub. Jeff Nimoy would have never allowed this <laughs> messy teen drama. No, I'm glad they added it. And 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 for what it's worth, again, I'll go back and say, I, I think this is says a lot about how established the style is of the show at this point. But uh, at least, in, uh, sorry, uh, the style of the dub in particular. Um, I don't think it's not noticeable that it's not Jeff and Bob. Like it's it's very much in their sort of style. Like they aren't, you know. I, th- I think you mentioned there was one of these written by Alan Smithy or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if this is one of the. No, that was that was no, last episode of last week. That, that, and it'll be next episode, episode okay. too. Yeah, the okay. next episode as well. Yeah. So that's the thing. Yeah, these these episodes feel very much in line with what what has been before. So, you know, props to the props to the writers who came in afterwards yeah. to. Uh, finish the job as it were um, and, considering uh, all, know, the, all the work they had to do uh, good job Seth Walter for managing that somehow yeah totally hat is off um, I mean yeah I'm not sure what else leaps out to me um, oh no there is one thing um, the song <laughs> the song that they sing as they go into the digital world <laughs> It's like that's like some cold it, stuff. It, it was just, creepy. It just, it just sucks. <laughs> it's just bad. And I think I think they were trying to rhyme it, do the like, um, uh, Yankee Doodle or whatever. I think that was supposed to be like the song, the tune they were going for. But like, I thought it was like Ring Around the Rosie. That's it. That's what like, they reference in the dub. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that, that's the one. That's the one. So Yankee Doodle, you aren't even American. You can't reference that song. <laughs> we, we, we know that song. It's a yeah, you know, it's a it's a rhyme <laughs> of the nursery variety. Uh-huh. So yeah, you know, it's fine. Um yeah, that, that that part was that part was slightly unnerving just because it was so like it's so like off key <laughs> and, and yeah, it didn't really work. It, it it's pretty awkward in both versions. In in the Japanese version, um he says and the song is just Ikuo Ikuo Digitaru Wardudo. So it's literally just a let, let's go, let's go digital world over and over again. That's just as bad. I, I really enjoyed the part uh, when Davis and XB moderated a scrap. Uh, Davis, like, just imagine just the last minute of the soccer game. It's you against the goalie. You know what to do, right? Oh. And XB was just like, no clue. And I'm just like, that's actually the funniest <laughs> thing because it yep. is like completely perfect for both of them. Those two idiots, yep. I love them. Not even just no clue. He actually that say he, he X Mon goes no clue, and then Davis is like you you defeat the, bad, the guy, bad guy or whatever. I'm just thinking, okay, I know you're okay at, at, at soccer, Davis, because I've seen you play it, but like that's not how soccer works. <laughs> like that's not how this works. You no, know? you have to murder the goalie. <laughs> this isn't this isn't red ball. This isn't red red card for the GameCube. Like you can't just go assassinate the other players. Like. No, that's, you can. That's how soccer works. This isn't Mario Strikers. I'm just trying to think of violent football <laughs> games at this point. <laughs> this isn't Sega Soccer Slam. <laughs> like you can't, you can't assault the other players. Um. Oh man, there was there was an old FIFA game on like PS One or something, 
where you could just straight up like it felt like you were just dive kicking the goalkeeper as he had the ball in his hand and it just felt like the most absolute criminal thing anyone could do on the pitch and it was like it it was pure comedy to like my 12 year old brain so thank you wait did i mishear you or did you say dive kick I don't think it's literally a dive kick, but it was just such a brutal. Because I'm like, just imagining like a fighting game dive kick tackle. of like like Yun jumping up, and like dive kicking <laughs> the ball and like hit, hitting the goalie in an overhead. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it felt. So yeah, yeah you that, can't that was a imagine if you could use Canadian in soccer. You could play the entire team by yourself. Oh, that'd be really good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For this episode, I just have to say. Um, Oikawa is a man ultimately destroyed by grief who would do anything to achieve his dream and most importantly the dream of the person that matters most to him that soup dude is that is gay <laughs> he's sure literally holding up a photo of his best friend to <laughs> the kids when they're going up the rainbow bridge looking like Hiroki it's the digital world like as the digital world's in the sky like this isn't even like this isn't even text anymore. This is like the most blatant, heavy-handed thing imaginable, and I actually really love it. Folks, is it is it gay to carry around a picture of your dead loved one? <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> I also just, really appreciate like that. Why. That's basically the point in the story where it was it was brought up uh, very early on the series of this series where. Uh, the the plane that was attacked by the Kuagamon was the plane that Cody was on coming back from somewhere to uh to get his father's uh remains after he had passed away. So they at well, the very dang. least they did a lot of work in connecting all of the dots onto the big conspiracy theory pinboard. Yeah. I guess so. But to what avail? When I said they had a lot to work with, I was more talking about like the pacing and such of this show so far well i say so far it's almost oh over. no i i but, get you i i, term, I do appreciate like, the fact that like go in terms ahead of like mater- in terms of like material and like you know law and whatever that they had to work with yeah there, there was there was plenty of ground so i'm not surprised that they managed to, to you know find put something together that ties into all these different elements like the yeah it's like that so that's not terribly surprising because yeah, they had a lot to work with in that aspect. It's just more that it's all sort of smudged together at the end. Yeah, that's the thing. If there was more time to let, like, all of this sort of sit and, like, linger, it would have been really good. Because, like, I do sort of appreciate, like, how they are tying these, like, small events, like, into a greater web. But it is also just kind of like, but to what end and to what avail? Because the series is almost done. We have the big, uh, stupid villain out of nowhere like yeah the book should have stopped with oikawa oikawa is a great villain with motivations that are wonderfully established despite the extremely limited time frame and they just undermined all their own hard work by by pulling off a a last second extra twist i also kind of wish that oikawa had been in these shows since like day one like I feel like they could have very easily like, threaded him yeah. into like the earlier show. Make him a teacher, and also make him so he doesn't look like a zombie man. Like just make him. You don't want to be. <laughs> you gotta make him look like the zombie man. No, I mean it's How it's, a fun, it's, a, it's, it's a fun look. That's but true. It, it would have been cool if like, oh, what what's the name of that of the of the teacher in in like that Ty pulls away early on to the, like the talk about F- Fujiyama. 
What if it was Fujiyama? Yeah, the the, the tickle teacher. Don't stop that. I will never what if stop he was, that. What if, what if he was the secret villain the whole time? That would explain. But so like, much. obviously, if you, I don't like those kind of like twists. So like, obviously, you thread it in a bit more. But like, it no, because be... I like that Fujiyama is just like a, a, a exactly. weird weirdo. Cut cut punch. That would, anyway, whatever. That, that I'm, no. I'm just. But it would have been. It would have been okay. So maybe not him. But like the. It would have been okay. One if he was like if he was like one of the teachers, or maybe even like Ken's teacher or something, because Ken goes to a different school. Like you could. <sighs> there's a lot. Oh, my there's, question there's is. So... My how does Cody not know who this guy is when he and his dad, who only died three <laughs> years ago, yeah. so Cody would have been like five or six or like maybe seven. Like how does Cody not know this guy exists? Like if they're that close. <laughs> Yeah. You would think that like like Oikawa would be going over to his house like every few days for dinner or something. Co- Cody like, Cody's, Cody's it, it is astounding it. that they don't that it's, he doesn't even know who this guy is. It's cuz Cody's, Cody's mom thought that Oikawa was a home wrecker and didn't want him around. Yeah, Cody You know what? I, that is the only explanation. Cody's mom's a jealous lover. Like that's that's, that's that's the reality of it. She's like, "No, he's my man. Get your own." <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> Fine. That's not cool. Final. You should just let Oikawa have then. your man, uh, yeah. whatever your Oikawa. name is. I don't think they've even given you a name. Yeah, she, she probably Yori. knew better. She knew, she knew better when like Oikawa is literally hang, like holding a picture of her husband up in the air. And meanwhile, this is playing. <laughs> I cannot stand you. Uh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I think the best way to describe this these last few episodes is Zero Two is like it's like a Sunday. It's like an ice cream Sunday. Maybe it's not the healthiest food. <laughs> no. Maybe not you don't like every single flavor, but it's pretty tasty overall. But then instead of putting a cherry on top, they just put a rock, like right on top of your ice cream. And you're like, Oh, did you clean the rock first? And they're like, Nah, no, sorry, your entire Sunday is dirty now. Is is the rock just representative of Malomyotismon? Yeah, even even just the I just don't like the name Malomyotismon. It's just Spanish for bad Myotismon. That's so silly. <laughs> bad Myotismon. How do you? You know, you I take from, it back. He's the best. How do you go from Blyle Vamdemon, which is one of the coolest names ever, to bad Myotismon? Like it sounds what like freaking bad is, rats. <laughs> what does Belial Vamdemon mean? Like, what's the? So Belial is a biblical like a demon. Demonic. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's I've been playing yeah. Persona Five. I should know that. Well, sorry. Um, so yeah, Blyle's a, a biblical demon, and Vamdemon is like you know vampire demon. Tom, they dropped that branding a while ago. You can't, <laughs> you can't try and no. own me for that. The demons are in SMT, and I said Persona first, so don't worry about it. I'm owning, I'm owning myself. Um. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Though. I'm going to keep that in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are we are we good for this one? I don't have anything else. Yeah, to, yeah, I think bring up. I've I'm ranted out. I'm ready. I'm ready to pass the mic over to Sloan for this one. Yeah. I, oh I, yeah. It's I'm getting. I'm gonna get out my uh, Yoli character assassination psyop <laughs> soapbox while Tom goes over this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I I I, I just want to say some good lines in this end of this episode, but uh, didn't have a chance to sort of highlight some of those. So yeah, I would say. There's some really weird dialogue in in forty eight, like the dream is real and and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. They, I, I think the script writers probably had a bit of fun with this. So again, props to them for doing a decent job. 
uh, in in Jeff and Bob's uh, absence. So episode forty nine. Um, firstly, before before I get into the description, I just want to talk about this title, "The Last Temptation of the Digidestined." Is the dub title for this for episode forty nine of Digimon Adventure O two? Yeah, it's of a... course referencing the classic, um, the yeah. classic Scorsese film, uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Sorry, Willem Dafoe is Jesus. Pa- you were about to say the Passion of the Christ. I was about to stop myself because I'm not anti-Semitic. Oh, got him. Um. So anyway, they... Digimon Adventure Zero Two is officially Kino. That's okay. Go ahead. Oh no! Delete that. We're not. We're not keeping that in. That's embarrassing. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just a very heavy title, considering it's <laughs> like I kind of get it because this episode is is dealing with some concept of desires and stuff. Except because yeah, it's yeah, it's the same as the plot of the movie, right? Uh, I've not seen it. I'm not. Um, I don't oh. watch like. Like cinema, I watch like popcorn movies. Yes, it is. So the the Last Temptation of Christ is a movie about how, um, in like the the climax of the movie, Jesus Christ is offered various um illusory salvations, like temptations, like ways he can avoid being executed for the sins of mankind. Um, but he still decides to you know get executed and then you know do his his holy duty for for all of humanity. Um, so this, this episode's, uh, meant to be evocative of that. They just chose, like, the most heavy-handed title possible for it, yeah. Is Belial Vandemon also in that movie? I mean, Satan is. They're pretty much the same thing, in terms of how much they ruined my day. So, uh, this episode is, uh, picking up immediately from where the last one left off. We have XB-Bomb basically rushing at Malamitismon, and Malamitismon is basically initially making handiwork of XB-Mon. However, Davis is adamant in that he can overcome Malamitismon, and so this uh, in turn empowers Xvimon to a uh, remarkable degree. So they keep fighting back. Xvimon starts glowing like a blue, showing that there's some some funny business going on here. And yeah, he manages to land some like serious blows on Malamitismon, who senses whom he might be in trouble, and he casts his Phantom Illusion attack that hits everyone and sends everyone into a state of well kind of dream, like a dreamlike state, essentially. Each of the Digestants, specifically the humans, not the Digimon themselves, are basically living out their heart's desires. So you have TK, who is at home with his family, you know, reunited. It's Mormon and his dad and Matt all having dinner together. You've got Kari, who's kind of like in a field with other people and their Digimon, and, you know, it's it's just everyone sort of living in harmony, like people and Digimon, and it's and it's a, it's a good time. Um, you've got Ken, who is struggling in the desert. He's very, you know, he's coming to terms. He basically seen the Digimon Emperor, so like a normal version of himself, being tortured by other Digimon. Basically, you know, they're getting their revenge for his crimes. And then there's his brother Sam, who shows up to say, you know, you don't have to beat yourself up anymore. You can, you can, you know, you can come with me and you know we can we can just live you don't have to you don't have to suffer for the past anymore so he's kind of thinking about reunited reunited with his brother on a similar bent you've got cody who is in the digital world with his dad who is uh you know he's showing his dad around the digital world and that's all nice then you've got yole who's eating some some ice cream so basically davis is going around basically breaking everyone out of the spell with the help of their digimon who are able to show up alongside them and say hey 
Wikipedia, this isn't real. This is this is just, you know, this may seem cool, but it's not real. And very easily breaking them out of their delusions, <laughs> essentially. It gets a bit strange at one at some points because you have XVMon showing up in one dream, but then you have Flamedramon showing up in another, and Rydramon showing up in another, and it's like, wait, hang on, what's going on? And everyone wakes up out of their dream and back in front of Malamayata's mom, ready to ready to bring the fight. So they realise that because of this weird not digital world that they're in, that they're able to work with a bit more power than they used to, by which they're able to all transform the Digimon into basically every form that they've got at their disposal at once. So in the case of Davis, he's able to do XVMon, Flamedramon and Rydramon. In the case of like TK, for example, he's able to do Angimon and Magna Angimon, as well as Pegasusmon. Ken's able to do Stingmon, and that's it. <laughs> and, and then the others are able to do their various armor and champion forms at the same time. As Malamaitismon starts to fight back, this then changes so that the DNA Digivolutions get in the mix as well, and they basically give Malamaitismon a big whooping and send him flying, literally breaking a hole in reality and sending him back into the digital world, which was his plan all along! Um, wow. He's back in the digital world, which is flooded with darkness, and he's able to absorb all this darkness and get big and big and massive and make easily short work of the free DNA digivolved Digimon, who are by themselves. All the all the other forms have disappeared after leaving the the weirdo dimension. So yeah, so they're kind of uh, on the back heel a bit there, and Alan Mightsmon manages to break another hole in reality and send all this darkness spiraling towards Earth where he's going to basically take over Earth. So he's he's primed to take over Earth and the digital world, and Kari starts getting flashbacks to the Dark Ocean. So, yeah, pretty pretty climactic ending here. Big cliffhanger. Will they overcome Malamotismon? Uh, find out next time on Digimon Adventure 02. Ooh. We've reached the zenith of Davis's character development, but then Yo- this is the start of Yoli's like utter character assassination. <laughs> and it's it's so, it is the ultimate so... monkey's paw. You've been, you've been waiting so on this for so long. Un- let it go. Unload it with both barrels. I mean, it's so stupid. Like, everyone else, like, okay, Kari's <laughs> is, like, pretty, like, eh, too. But, like, it kind of makes sense, like, like, with sort of the person she is and, like, what we know, like, her life turns out to be in the epilogue, like... Hers is like, oh, like, I just want people to be happy with Digimon. Like, that's that's still a cute thing. You have Ken, who not only is facing the errors of his past, uh, just about nearly in crucifixion style, but you also have him being able to put that aside and, and spend time with his brother. TK, you have his family together again. Uh, Cody, you have him showing his dad the digital world with... With everything we said about uh, uh, Hiroki Hida, like that was actually like, a pretty touching moment because it's, you see this young kid so excited to show like his dad who he's lost, like this thing that has made his like that has really changed his life like wholeheartedly. And then you have Yoli, like, man, I sure do hate my siblings who I barely ever talk about because they never come up. Time to eat dessert. And I'm just like, this is the stupidest thing. This is the worst thing. Like, you could have literally given her anything else. You could have had her be something like, oh, like, she has, like, all of her friends around, like, absolutely, like, like, you could, like, she, you could have had, like, Mimi be her sister or something, because she wanted Mimi to be her sister. Like, there is literally, 
anything else you could have done, and yet you just decide to say, haha, girls like sweets. They, uh, I, I, okay, so, I will say, this is kind of, you're at the end of the show, and this is kind of the point where you, you've got to the, the writers have got to this point and have realised, oh shit, we forgot to, like, give Yole, like, she has had character, character. development. <laughs> no, she has had character she development. She has like, character development. Yeah, she has had that uh, good stuff. But what she doesn't have, which every other character has, be it through TK and Kari's participation in the original show, or through it um, being like, uh, you know, Cody's got his dad. Ken obviously has a whole whole deal of things going on. Davis has, well, Davis is kind of beside the point because he's not really part of the scene so much. Um, you have these characters who have, you know, been through shit and have obvious, like, you know, traumas. Yeah, well, I guess traumas probably isn't even too strong a word. But Yoli hasn't got that. Like, she has had characters development in terms of, like, how she clashes, clashes with the rest of the group a bit. But there's no wants or needs to work with here. So they kind of have this 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 concept, and it almost feels like Yoli shouldn't have been as susceptible to the spell. Because, yeah, again, it's not in her character to want something. I w- if if they had to do it, which they obviously decided they do, then yeah, I think something like having her having Mimi be a sister or something would have been really apt. Actually, I think that would have worked really yeah. well. Yeah, um, I'll say because, it because like it's, it's more it's, it's more valuable. It, it could have been <laughs> so we know yeah. Sloane just wants more Mimi content. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's like no, like. Sorry. Yoli, like, is kind of like this, like, she's similar to Davis in that she's very, like, loud, outgoing, brash. She's kind of flighty, like, and sort of, like, she doesn't have, like, like the closest thing we get to a pitfall with Yoli is, like, when ha- when Hawkmon gets super hurt, like, and that was 30 episodes ago, probably? Uh, yeah. She, does, she has a, she's, she's had character development, we've seen her sort of, like, go through things of, like, Oh, like coming to terms with Ken's involvement with the Digi Destined, or oh, sort of her learning about like the traits of sincerity and like sort of accepting her like negative side and like her sort of her doubt the downsides of her like loud personality. But we don't see like like you said a trauma or a pitfall of her character, and yeah. so just basically substituting it for the whole like trope of girls like sweets. And along with her just being like the cruelest person of, I want all of my fit, my siblings gone so I can eat. Like, come on. It is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it is like, it is character assassination. You don't even... I don't, see, that would be... Okay, it's, a, so, it's a psyop. It, 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 it's it's a, the it's CIA sem- psyop. <laughs> it's semantics because ultimately I don't think it matters too much. But I would say that like, it's only a character assassination if there were... If there were removing something that they'd previously like established like no they're just I guess that's they're fair. working with what they have and well I, I, I'm, I'm, okay sorry. then in c- that case next episode better. is the character assassination they yeah work, if, when we- i say when i say they forgot to give her character i mean more like they forgot to give her like anything any reason to be angsty like they didn't give her uh like a goal or a desire or anything well, really some, beyond they had, they had some issues like, like her, she had this she had the same issue as Cody in terms of like not wanting to kill Digimon, and she had the same issue as well Cody and TK and Kari in terms of like, do we trust Ken or not? The problem is, is that because she had no unique ones, everything had been resolved by this point. So yeah, it's just yeah, it's just not there. Okay, here's what here's what you could have done. 
have her like at some like I don't know like a shopping trip or like a nice like dessert restaurant with Mimi and like Ken and like Kari like these people that she like really is into and like looks up to that could have fit because it also would have had her like spending time with like these close friends who she like absolutely utterly adores like super outwardly sure and then you also can get that like haha she likes sweets because she's a girl like there are like actual options you could have taken here and i understand like there's not a lot because they don't really define like what yoli's like goal or purpose is which is a I, I would say you would be hard-pressed to to de- define that for most of the Zero Two cast in a way. Because, I mean, like, TK is like, he has his, but that's not like a goal of his. That's just like a dream, really. So it's like, you don't have that for Yoli, but you could have at least, like, tried at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not even a goal of anything. It's just the desire, like... Yeah, it's like it's like their, it doesn't even have their, to, their deepest desire. It doesn't even have to be when I said when I said trauma earlier. I, I, I'm not sure that's the right phrase because it really doesn't have to be that drastic. Like it could literally just yeah. be. It could just literally be like maybe Yoli. Oh, maybe she wants to like be like a team leader or something. Like maybe she's envious of the role that Davis kind of somehow fell into. Like you know, maybe have her dream be her leading the Digi Destined or something like that. There's so much that would be do- great. But also, yes. I feel like you would need like episodes to like handle that like baggage of like yeah, yeah of course. Her you with develop Davis. that sort of you develop that sort of thing, but you yeah you do it earlier than this. And but even that, even if you just pretended that was something that she cared about, it would have been it would be us talking about hey, why did they just make up this character trait for Yoli? But Yoli, but at least it's not us saying like oh, why is why is this her thing? <laughs> not just like something you know respectable i suppose is the phrase um yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty yeah. rough and, it's pretty rough on her and it's kind of just it's it's kind of lazy so um it's worse you know because i'm sorry for it... just saying like the same thing because like this is like yoli like is like a character i absolutely love from this series and like yeah, to see yeah, her get know. like table scraps at the I, very I, end I, like I super become, sucks i've become much more fan of, of a fan of her uh, than I than I thought I remembered her being when I started. Like I remember, I thought I remember. Remember Yoli last being... season when you were like, "Hey, who cares about Yoli?" And I got super because, mad, and then you turned because, around because yeah, I always yeah, because, write. because at the time I don't know why, but I just had this distinct memory of her being sort of like, eh. And you know what? It may have been, it may have just been these last scenes where she's not really getting as much to do. I kind of said it before, like in the previous episodes. Um, where like you have Cody and Yole having the same concerns about killing Digimon and stuff, and for her it just felt like she was just getting Cody's character development moment because because uh, we need to do something. It's like it's a, if it's a Cody episode, it could also be a Yole episode, and vice versa. By this point, um, it it it's yeah, it's, they don't really do enough with her as an individual compared to some of the good stuff they were doing post Digimon uh, uh, Digimon Emperor arc so it's yeah I've, yeah definitely come around on her but I think this ending this ending uh, this final stretch of Digimon Adventure 2 is not great for her um, I will say that and it gets worse that's the thing it, that sucks it yeah, gets worse yeah it, it, it gets worse so let me let me let me clarify what I mean by that uh, so this is a case of like at first, it seems like she just wants a load of sweets. Okay, not great. 
but also she is like 10 so whatever um it gets worse when you realize that she's wanting this because she has a load of siblings and she wants them to get to get out the way of her stuff she wants it all for herself and she doesn't want to have to share with her siblings like no bad 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 <laughs> like that is a bad person's trait not a yeah you, like there was no good way of saying like oh she wishes she could be uh a bad person but she can't because she's too good or whatever it's like that none of that works it never ever ever works like it's it's really rough yeah and like what sucks is the sub implies there's more to it because um when when like Hawkman asks her like is this really what you want and she says immediately says no i just wanted a little bit of quiet i didn't want them gone see that so, would like, have been something it's, I still it's wouldn't like that, it, but that, it would have been something. Yeah, like, it's... It's I, I it's still not yeah. great, but it's better than her being like, oh yeah, screw my family, I wish they were all thanos away. Yeah, like, I mean, the few times we see Yoli's family, like, she has, like, three older siblings, like, she's, like, from what you can tell, like, she has to, like, work at her family's, like, store every so often, like, it feels like the idea, like, that they're going with is, like, Oh, like she isn't focused on it as much, and like she has to to do a bunch, like to help her family or something. And so her dream is just like, or having her parents to herself type of thing, which I get. But a, they don't properly represent that, and b, it still makes Yoli like a super monster who wants her fa- her siblings Thanos away so she can just have time for herself to eat sweets. It's yeah, it's it's super rough. It would have been it would have been much better if all the other characters' dreams were kind of like warped in that way, where it was kind of a case of like it was the monkey's paw for everyone. Because it almost with that yeah. line oh, in the yeah. sub, with that line in the sub, she gets a monkey's paw deal, and all the other characters simply get visions of or whatever you know they are. Yeah, everyone everyone gets exactly what they want, and she gets a warped version of it, which is kind of messed yeah, up. Yeah, she gets. Like it's almost like Man and Maeta's mom is just digging through her brain. It's like, all right, what does what does what does this girl want? Oh, she just wants ice. You know, she wants uh, she wants some quiet. Well, I'll give her a quiet or whatever. It's kind of it's the same thing, <laughs> but that doesn't work when all the other characters are treated differently. So, um, yeah, you yeah. could have had I mean, like I mean, something Ken's... like with CK, where like his parents start arguing out of nowhere or something, or like with yeah. Cody, like his dad's like. I that sure do hate been... Digimon, son, or something like <laughs> that. Would have that would have been really rough. Like that would have been yeah, that'd be that so funny. That would have been it's really like, bad. Really tra- Never, I don't that would want traumatize that, some kids. <laughs> he just that really he, would. He just yeah. holds up, um, holds up, uh, Armadillomon. He goes like, "Hey, do you like it, Dad?" And he goes, "Ew, get it away from me." He just throws <laughs> it over the cliff. He does the uh, the Lion King like gif where like he throws the the baby Simba over the cliff, the Pride Rock. His dad, his dad, his dad is uh, alive again. But oh no, he's a cop. <laughs> but at what cost? <laughs> like, wait, no, hold on. This is exactly the same. Um, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it's so it's so funny that he he comes back to life wearing his cop uniform, which I guess is what he died in, <laughs> and um, sure. doesn't say a single word. He just like mumbles like Frankenstein's monster the entire time. <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty creepy. Hey, Dad, what do you think of the digital world? Mm. <laughs> Look, it's my partner, Armadillo Mon. Mm. And then he has to go because his planet needs him, so he just kind of slides away. I love the slide whistling. There's also a slide whistling, uh, I think, like either early on this episode or late last episode, where uh, Malomeros Mon 
picks up Xvemon and slide whistles along before like throwing him. <laughs> <laughs> My, um, yeah, Cody's dad is he's just like floating off the cliff or whatever. He just does like the 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 Henry Cavill uh, like sweet like like <laughs> Kalel no, <laughs> and then he just floats <laughs> off. Um, yeah, really, really weird stuff. Um, yeah, they will never get me to care about Cody's dad. I'm sorry. Like, it works for Owe Kawa's yeah. character. See, I, I didn't care I about Cody's I dad. I cared about shit. Cody in that moment. And that felt like a good moment oh, for sure. Cody. Yeah, sure, sure. It's easy to follow that train of thought. But yeah, I I liked him more as a character that never actually showed up. <laughs> and yeah. I guess... I, yeah, he, oh, yeah. He doesn't really... He doesn't really hear, but like, you know, it's... Yeah, I don't know. I anyway, missed him when he is, was just um, a picture that his former lover would hold up to the sky. Yeah. <laughs> I missed him when he was just a photograph and he was asking us to look at it. Yeah, it yeah. was. You know, don't it's, do that yeah. again, Tom. I swear to God, I will fight every you. Every single time. <laughs> you know, just every single time, it makes him laugh. it makes him laugh. What's wrong with that? You know. I love how we have we have this like looming threat just to hold over Sloan. Now, anytime we say the words photograph, it just makes it just makes her feel like it's coming. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, that's a we- that's a powerful weapon. I will be definitely uh, not be abusing. Uh, wink, wink. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this 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 dream sequence is a lot. But uh, what do you think about Ken's? Ken Ken's is probably the other one that's like remotely not monkey's paw, but like. You know, it's, 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 it's no, messed I up. Think, I think that's great because unlike Yolis, this is exactly what he wants. Oh yeah, definitely. I I love it. There's yeah, there's no twisting there. He feels like he has not suffered enough for what he's done, and he wants to be punished. And that's like that's so sad that this this preteen kid feels like he deserves to be tortured because he's caused other people harm. Like. And in the sub, they go all the way. They fully show him being whipped and stabbed and gouged and whatever by all these all these monsters around him. Like, they don't cut away from it. And after his brother, uh, Osamu, appears again, he says, he says, it's alright, Ken. Your sins have been paid for. <laughs> I can't believe Kenichi Joji is the Christ figure of Digimon Adventure <laughs> Zero Two. So- yeah, like, like straight up, he straight up tells him, like, "Oh no, yeah, no, you have to suffer, but once you suffer, we can be together." Which is like, that's rough. you know, considering he's dead, that says a lot about what Ken's mental state still is like. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. That's not. Um, great. See, the thing is, uh, my, one of my complaints was like, I felt like they were kind of going back on his development because it seemed like he had mostly gotten through it, or at the very least, he wasn't bringing it up now. But when you when you put it like that, and when you talk about like the the stuff with the sub, like I appreciate that even like I, I appreciate what I liked about that even more because like that is a super intense, like super like solemn, like messed up like scene of just yeah. Ken's Ken's and- dream, his desire being to to be essentially whipped and flayed and, by and, those and- who he hurt. In the sub, yeah, they 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 make it a lot more explicit. Because so in the dub, the scene after that, when they're all like rallying together with him, it's very generic friendship tripe. Like they're like, "We're all your friends, dude. We're a team. We, you know, one of us falls down, we pick our, we pick ourselves back up." I, I actually out, like that. To be fair, I'm gonna read out what happens in the sub, and you will. I think you might change your mind. Okay. So, um, either way, it's pretty gnarly. 
Yeah, so what so what 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 Yoli says to Ken in the sub is she says, You've come so far, Ken, you've done your best until now. We just need to go a little bit further. And then Kari says, We can't erase our past, but we can work past it, we can get over it. And then uh Cody says, uh, that's right. We'll do this together, we'll move past our past together. That's so like really it's good. a lot more like focused on Ken and his experiences rather than just being generic like, oh, you know, this is you know, friendship. We gotta believe in each other. Yeah, I yeah, I really like that. I think Ken, in terms of like character, aside from Davis, who again is a different case that we'll have to go over He's a different uh, after this. But it, it, <laughs> yes. yeah, he's just built different. He's most... built different. <laughs> if I were hit by a mental illusion, I would simply say no, thank you. Rip to you, but I'm different. I would simply, I would simply say I have no anxieties or anything. <laughs> I right, Ken sorry, gets a f- lot of heavy lifting at like the eleventh hour from this, and I and I really love it because it sort of it really sets the tone for like who Ken has seen himself as all along. Like even after he's gone through stuff, that's still there, and that's really good and like really painful. And again, like it is this very painful human element that this show can be very good at sometimes of like. This kid who has done bad, like, his friends have forgiven him. The older Digidestin have forgiven him. From what we can assume, a lot of the Digimon of the digital world have forgiven him. But he doesn't forgive himself, and he feels like he should suffer completely for it. And that's painful and fantastic. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really know what we're supposed to think of the Digimon and would think about this. But I don't think it's too important in this in this moment, anyway. Um, I mean, considering yeah. that Digimon are absolutely like immediately jumping him every time like he comes to the computer, <laughs> like we can at least assume that he has made some sort of effort I mean, to maybe it's like the end of one division <laughs> you got the time. I don't know. It's just like, hey, we, you know, it was they... Oikawa all along. Yes, if they caught well, I was asking that. Um, if 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 they caught him in like you know in an opportune moment, they might they might get a few digs in, but. You know, they're also just like, man, that guy, that guy seems pretty powerful. We probably shouldn't, you know, mess with him. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, there's power dynamics at play there. Um, but no, no, like, seriously, yeah. though, I, I think, I think it's probably likely that, you know, he at this point has proven he's not the same person he was before. And, and I think that's, you know, hopefully that's something that will come across. It's, it's, it's an aspect the show doesn't really, um, it doesn't really tackle, and I think it could have been could be interesting. But I would also say that they tackle so much other stuff to do with Ken's, like you know, uh, the consequences for his actions, as it were, and how that you know how the other characters in the show perceive him. That it's hard to fault the show for not looking at this yeah. one aspect of like the people, the people he really hurt, and their sort of reactions to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But the, oh there's, yeah, well it, it's an interesting thought, no doubt. There is one little um one little uh, bit of like one small change that I want to talk about cuz it does, it does bug me a little bit not as much as the other ones, but I just like the spirit of the the subline more than the dubline. Go for it. And yeah, go for it. It's when Malamon is is uh, interrogating Davis/Daisuke about why his power didn't work on him. Yes. Um <laughs> the scene. so in the dub, it basically comes across as Davis is too stupid to be fooled, <laughs> which is I like... I mean, that's very accurate. Let's be fair. It just makes it Even more of a joke. Even being kind to Davis. 
No, I, it yeah. makes it more of a joke in in the sub. Um, he so Malamidas one says, um, "Are like, do you, do you have no satis- satisfaction? Like, are you are you do you have no like issues or worries in your life?" Uh, and then Daisuke says, "Well, I'm not saying I have no worries or issues. All I'm saying is that uh, right now, in this very moment, all I need, all I'm thinking about is." what I need to do to protect my friends and family, and that means taking you down. So, like, it's less of a, a stupid thing and more of a... I'm not saying I don't have issues. It's just right now, he's so determined. Like, his determination is so strong that it's overpowering any other desire or or anxiety he has. I, uh, I do like that. But I, I think Davis, like, in this episode is, like, really solid anyways. It, it is. I just think that, like, I've always, you know, I've been always on my my soapbox about the the differences between the two versions. I think this is like kind of like a microcosm of it, in that right in the in the sub Davis is characterized as um essentially someone who's simple but determined. Like he's he's not a complicated person, but that's a like a that's <laughs> a, a benefit. So, you are being so generous to him right now <laughs> in the sub. Oh, that's, oh! In the sub, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. In I the sub, that's that's how he's being characterized. Is that he's not stupid. He's just not a complicated person. Like he does, he he doesn't overthink things. He doesn't. Sometimes he doesn't think things through at all. But like, it's not because he's unintelligent. It's because he he doesn't you know feel like he needs to overcomplicate things very much. Sorry, um, I'm, I'm just I'm just so eager to get to the get to discuss how ridiculous Dub Davis is in this moment. But sorry, yeah, yeah. I yeah, and, I gotta disagree, but let's well go ahead. Um, the dub is, it, yeah, it makes him it makes him a, a more like adult. Like I know we talked about this a lot. Like we 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 talked about him being a brat a lot earlier, and over the time it kind of slipped away from those like extremely selfish tendencies and just made him more overall kind of like thick headed. And like in that very line where he's talking to Malamidosman there in the dub, he straight up says like. Oh, you like my bullheadedness? Just wait till you see my hardheadedness or something like that. Like he's he's self-aware about how stupid he is in a way. And it's I don't so... I don't okay, I I just want to say I don't think that's him knowing he's stupid. I just think that's him knowing he's determined. Like bullheadedness is like yeah, like I can see where you're going like with like a like hardheadedness, but it's like that's just Davis showing how determined he is to be Malomyosmon. That's how I see it personally. Like I think right. hardheadedness okay. is sort of like a brashness, a zealousness to to keep moving forward. Okay, in this moment, they make him out to be this is not the this is not a brash cocky, cocky Davis or anything like that. He is literally just saying he has zero. He reckons he has no worries. He reckons he is just like completely like pea brain idiot. Like like. I only care about uh, Digimon and kicking your butt or whatever. And like, you know, it's, it's like in his match, in, in his brain, he just has like, he's just, it's just him and Vimon kicking a soccer ball to each other. And there is no other thoughts going on in his head. Like he just comes across as like the most. Yeah, I think, I think that's what bugs me so much. Yeah, like you're, you're putting it more eloquently than I can because I'm, I'm bad at explaining myself. But yeah, like it, it comes across as no thoughts, head empty in the dub. Whereas yeah, the sub, he's... it's. <laughs> single thought win at all cost and I, I like that characterization more I, it's it's funny in the dub but i think that 
like actually sells out his character a bit to to mischaracterize his his defining trait the thing that the entire show has been building up to and i'll talk about this more and then when we get to the the series retrospective because i have like a mini essay written about this character um but like it's it's the difference between you know taking something seriously and playing it for for laughs and i i don't think this is a moment that should have been played for laughs personally I don't even know if they play it for laughs. So like, so like straight. Like, okay, yeah, there's a couple of quips in there, or whatever. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the general notion of like Malamutsman being like, oh, my type that plays off anxieties and and desires and stuff. Like, why didn't it work on you? And he's like, uh, and then he he basically just screams, I am too dumb to die at Malamutsman, and then <laughs> then and then like blasts a hole in reality. Like he is. Completely fitting with Davis, uh, and I use that I use that name, Davis. He's completely fitting with his personality, uh, both from like the beginning of the dub to the end. Where like I think he has gotten a far more tolerable as a character as as this has gone on, but this is still completely consistent in terms of like him just being completely like laser focused, square ahead on whatever you know whatever is immediately in front of him. Like he doesn't have any ambitions or plans or goals or anything he's just like oh big bad guy must 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 be like <laughs> just just to be fair he's like 11 character. yeah you know what more accurate to how a character of that age will be actually written than you have most uh you know characters like that written in fiction and you know honestly that's usually a good thing because the fact of the matter is if like you know if you were reading you know say I hate to use this as an example, but it's the first thing that came to mind. If you're reading like Harry Potter and he starts acting like an actual 11-year-old would, it would just be... It would be completely illogical and and annoying. Like, that's not... You don't want to actually follow the, the thought patterns of an actual like 11-year-old because they aren't great, <laughs> probably. Um, but for this like, one character in the show who kind of like dips in and out of being acting his age and acting like an adult character it's it's kind of ridiculous and and fun um and this moment just made me crack up it's <laughs> just like i just pause it and just be like wow he literally just said he's too dumb to die like he's too stupid to die <laughs> uh and it worked so i don't know and also it just kind of gives me the idea of like he doesn't actually know why he doesn't work <laughs> like maybe that's why it worked maybe it's not but he yeah, does Davis understand why it doesn't work? I don't actually think he does. <laughs> I think he just got lucky and <laughs> and is blocking. Yeah, and I think so. I think that's the yeah, that's that's what kind of bothers me about it is that it's I don't know. He his character in the sub is 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 defined by the fact that he he locks onto an idea and he he will fall that idea to the very end. Like, that's why he was always the first one to believe in Ken. That's why he was always the first one to you know be concerned about hurting others that's why he was the first one to unlock um champion evolution and jogress and um get a second digi egg and whatever it's because he he has that unwavering belief and faith in himself and others and that's what allows him to win in this instance is because it's not because like you know he changed his way of thinking or he fluked his way to victory it's just a, an extrapolation of how he's always acted the entire show so i mean I know it seems like Look, a blowing okay. us in proportion or whatever. No, I, I don't think you are. Uh, I totally get where you're coming from, and I'm sure if I watch the sub, and when I end up watching the sub, I'm sure 
there's a good chance I will probably feel the same way. Uh, Daisuke, as we've learned, is like not the most complex character, but that is his strength, obviously, as you've noted. Yeah. Like I'll, there's I'll there's a strength it. in 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 his character being as it is. But yeah. I think I'll... everything I think everything you you both are saying is represented here because Davis when uh Malamidaswan's like, hey, like how how come it wasn't effective on you? His quote, which I really like, he says, What do I have to worry about? I've got my friends, my family, the, the Digimon. Besides some guy with a letter opener on his face trying to kill me, I'm happy to say I don't have any problems. I think that's representative in that idea of that belief because as we see in the end of episode 48, when Davis is the one who immediately goes to fight Melo Midas with XV Mon, and how his his constantly be like, okay, like, no, we have to win. We're going to win. We're going to fight and we're going to win against Mount Mon, like and that how that powers up XV Mon. I think that's represented very well in that line of how I, I just, it didn't I guess work I, because he is so laser focused on that too. I, take I understand umbrage. what I understand what you're yeah. saying. I just, I guess I just take umbrage with like what do I have to worry about? Because in the sub he acknowledges, oh no, I have problems and issues, but that's not important right now. Like it's No, okay. I totally get that. And I I would have definitely liked that because obviously Davis does have issues. Like we've seen this over the series. But I I do think that the dub handles it the best that the dub has handled Davis in these moments. I think this is the best handling of the character Davis and in accordance to the character Daisuke. I'm tempted to agree, but I feel, I think that's a low bar, though. I think that... Oh, no, I, I can, yeah. It can yeah, be like, both. Can, it can be a low bar and still true. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind true, of true as that may be. I still am going to passionately argue for, for this character's sake because... I, I feel like there's a lot of nuance being left in the cutting room floor here, and I don't want to drag this on too long because it's been, you know, we've been talking about this for almost two hours now, and we haven't fully, um, you know, come to a conclusion on these episodes yet. But it's it's, it's been left, so this isn't. I I would I would say, look, you are 100 percent correct. It's nothing we haven't already discussed already when it comes to the difference between uh, how this character is written originally and how it's how this character was handled for the dub, like. I, I would definitely argue that this has gotten a lot better uh, in terms of like, uh, especially since like Ken was introduced uh, as a as a I think... you know as a member of the team. I think Davis has become a lot more tolerable. But we we know we've known for a while that this is a much more <laughs> this is a stupider character. It's a much more <laughs> shallow just... character. <laughs> he he, he is less like, intelligent. Yeah, this is a very Davis is a much more shallow version of Dice K and every regard yeah, because of how 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 jokey he was taken early on in regards to stuff with Kari and like him sort of like being like stupid and foolhardy but and and I mean I I agree with you uh Scrafty like I have seen between the stuff you've shown us uh the stuff we've learned on the podcast and like looking at stuff from like gifs and screen caps of like stuff from the sub like Dice K is a fantastic character and I'm excited to watch Zero Two's sub because of that but I do think that the general ideals, even if they're not like super like strong, I think they are rep- they are relatively decently represented in these moments in the- this episode with uh, Davis. I I guess my my issue comes from like it's I actually was almost more comfortable with it being with Davis being his own character. I feel like doing at this point in this series doing. Diet Daisuke just makes it feel a little bit more hollow. I guess, like, if some, like, let's say a movie comes out and it's a sequel to your favorite movie, and 
or a remake of your favorite movie, let's say, and it sucks really badly. You can laugh at that. There's joy to be found in the differences between between them and how how much it missed the mark. Hell, in some cases, like let's say like the thing or the fly, the remake becomes so different that you 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 don't even really bother comparing it to the original because it's it's fully its own thing. So you you don't really feel upset that they didn't adapt your favorite moments or favorite characters or whatever, but. If it tries to be really close to one-to-one and then just doesn't quite hit the mark, it feels disappointing because you see the potential that could have been there. And totally. I feel like that's, I, that's how I feel with this. I No, I, I get you, and I think yeah, that I is, it. like, super, super valid. Like, I, I totally get where you're coming from, and it's like, yeah, like, say if our war game was remade, but Mimi was, like, like berating customer, like like, was berating hotel staff or something... Like, that's the closest thing I can think of right now. It's like, I totally get where you're coming from. And I'm not at all going to say you're wrong. I'm going to say you're right, even. But I'm just more saying, like, with how Davis is represented in a vacuum. I would, I would, I would like to say that. I think it's completely understandable that if it's a character that you really like, it, can de- it definitely sounds like it would be annoying if, like, oh, yeah. there's a version of it where he's, he's being played for laughs, essentially. And... It's working well, and it's working in the sense that it's it's, it's producing laughs. Um, so, which is kind of what's happening here. That said, all I was trying to say was this scene in a in a comedic sense really it really really made me laugh because it is like a boil down uh, distillation of, of everything we've seen of Davis so far. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it, it just made me laugh. But yeah, I, I get I get the frustration one hundred percent. Um, yeah, I, I, and I, I hope I'm not, like, bowling over you, Scrafty. It's more of just, like, I understand where you're coming from, and I know that would suck, like, if it was, like, something like that with Joe or Mimi for me. But yeah, this is, this is, if this is your last moment to, like, really get out, get it out there, that, like, no, it, you know, it's important to understand just how bad, how badly the dub did by Davis, then, then, you know, yeah, I completely, I completely see where you're coming from there, yeah, totally. Yeah, they 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 messed up Davis from the beginning, and then they've tried to course correct it. But like in these last moments, it is not like to the level of where it could have been. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on that point, Scraft? Because like you say, I think no, I'm 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 spent. <laughs> I'm burnt out. Defense. Fair enough. Well, the ending of this is um, it's a thing. <laughs> it's uh. I like uh, before we get to the ending, the uh, can we get one quick last shout out to a Samarimon? <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun seeing him again. I was waiting for because I knew he was going to be here, and that was why I was so surprised the other episode when he showed up. But uh, yeah. Samarimon, you showed up about five times more than any of us expected. Uh, thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, we were completely we were in completely wrong. To be fair, literally everyone else shows up here. Um, so I will, I will say that in my defense. Um, Except but, Magnamon, but yeah, which I kind of wish Magnamon showed up because that would. Oh, Magnamon rad. was just <laughs> Magnamon was just movie promo. Also, he got his ass kicked if you if you remember. So yeah, he got he got his butt kicked by a by an ultimate. He wouldn't stand no chance against a a mega above megas. I mean, yeah. to be fair, XVmon was throwing hands with Malomiotismon and like kicking his butt just because of Davis's sheer belief. So. Yeah, but as soon as they get back outside, it's uh, it's game over. Because I don't understand, right? So reality seems really fragile at this point because they managed to just break a hole in like the pocket dimension or whatever the hell it is that Malamaitis mom made. 
they end up back in the Digimon world, where the digital world, where so, everything's like shrouded in darkness for some reason. And then Malamite's mom breaks a hole in reality, and then like it's it's a portal to outer space essentially, just just outside of the Earth's atmosphere. Like, what is going on? There's <laughs> just there's just so much dimensional crap happening, and it's a bit it's a bit much. It's a, it's just a little a little much. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty overwhelming. Yeah, so I don't really understand where they were because they really just seem to be inside some like weird room inside the digital world, whereas the whole thing was that like, oh, we got the coordinates the closest, wrong. And need... The closest thing I can I've seen it like uh, reference anything, and this is like all out of this is like the dream dimension, basically, which is why they were able dimension. to. That's like basically like the unofficial name I've seen it called like on wikis and like posts online and stuff oh. is just the dream dimension because it's like your dreams become reality there, which is why uh, you can get all your Digimon at once, I guess. That's sure. every he, every child just truly just wants to catch them all at the end of the day. <laughs> they just they it just really want to fill their, like living, their living dexes. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a like, just a bit of a. Uh, what's the phrase? Um, plus the fuck, I suppose is is the phrase. So it's very, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot. So uh, it, it is a big cliffhanger. So you know, that is a thing. But uh, but yeah, we are. Uh, I don't know. I don't have much more to say. I would say. Um, I would say that the triple evolution stuff is cool, even if it just takes forever and is obviously just big filler for this episode with all the evolution scenes going on. Um, yeah. But it, but it is really cool. And it's obviously like the one time we really get to see something like this, um, save like, I don't know, like some instance where there's multiple people with the same Digimon partner or something. Or I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of like ways they could do this sort of concept in the future and it's probably not that many, so yeah, I really, uh, I really enjoyed seeing that. It was just nice to see. You know what? It's been a while since we've seen Flame Drummond. <laughs> that was kind of nice. Yeah. To see him again. Yeah, and another and another uh, Magno Angemon appearance as well. So that was cool. Uh, kind of a shame we couldn't see. The, yeah, I, um... I liked. Um, I, I I did like that because it's like it's this like big like last hurrah celebration type of thing. Like these are the last yeah. time we're going to see all these mo- these mons. Yeah, exactly. And I would say it would be nice to have seen um, Magna... Whatever the Megas are called. Uh, Seraphimon and... Seraphimon uh, and Magna uh, Dramon. Yeah, that would have been fun. But I kind of... I kind of see why they didn't do that, because they technically weren't in the show. They were just in that one film, so I will uh, I will give that a pass. But, but yeah. Um, anything else... Anyone want to say about this the this episode? I uh, can't really uh, think of anything now. I'm I've said my bit. The last thing I have to say is just like Kari being like the darkness. I can feel it, and like her, like just like grasping her. It's like, come on, Kari. The dark ocean plot's over. Like get over. It. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they stop they, this. They they're trying. I I was honest. I was honestly surprised when they did that because I like, just I just wasn't expecting to hear from that again. But I guess at least at least they're trying. Because it's weird, though, because, like, the Dark Ocean is, like, sealed off with Daemon, like, and, like, all of that stuff, like, comes directly oh. from, like, the, the Dark Ocean, so it's like, why... Are... Yeah, that's right. Ma- Malomatosmon is just shooting some, like, ink beams at the Earth, like, why are you 
freaking out like this. That's right, I had forgotten about that. So, huh. Yeah, well, yeah, I wonder where that's going then. That's <laughs> it, that's it. <laughs> that's be, weird. That'd be interesting. But... Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. But no. Oh, that's and all, that's all there is thing. to say about that. <laughs> other last thing. Uh, other last thing. Neil Kaplan doing, I think Neil Kaplan, Neil Kaplan doing Hawkmon's like Digivolve 2 like three times in a row had me cracking up for some reason because yeah. of the way like his voice like inflection Hawkman, is with Hawkman's voice Hawkman, it just, it's Hawkman, like it's like hearing like an owl speak three times and it was very funny for me personally <laughs> that's it I'm done <laughs> at least yeah. they use split screens this time instead of making us watch all of them back to back um, it, could oh. you imagine that? That would have been the whole episode honestly. Yeah it would have been most of the episode like god that would have taken so long yeah, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. We still had to sit through seven in a row, but still. Yeah, yeah. I really, you know, what we've watched some of these films, like Last Evolution, for example, where they like don't really do the Digivolution scenes, and they, you know, or when they do, they're like super like, expedited. Oh. Like, yeah, super. or or like you know, there's like one at the beginning of Last Evolution where they do the old Agumon to Greymon scene for like old time's sake or whatever, but like. They don't really do it after that, and it's kind of like a, a shame of like, oh, I'd like to see those more often. And then you watch these shows again, and it's like, oh god, they did them so much. So it's kind of it's kind of nice to know that I'll be sick of them by the end of this. So if you ever do if you go watch any more of those films, I won't be uh, <laughs> I won't be seeking out too much of that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, probably 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 the last time we'll have that kind of rush of evolution sequences so yeah i'm silver line this might be the last time for the adventure franchise until we get to other stuff that we're gonna see this so uh <laughs> yeah thanks but no thanks good riddance <laughs> sure so <laughs> with that done <laughs> that strongly, but yeah. with that done uh just to let people know uh we do have a retrospective coming up we have the epilogue and the Final episode coming up next week. Uh, Scrafty, if people want to send in any reader mail in, uh, around either of those moments, like say like what Zero Two might mean to them, or complaints about the epilogue, or even just general thoughts about the epilogue or the series as a whole, where could they send them to? They could send all those to diginovacast at gmail.com. That's D-I-G-I Novacast at gmail.com. Please send us your retrospectives, your uh, reminiscence, your reveries, and your responses, because we would love to hear from you. Reactions. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, that'd be cool. Always fun to get mail. Yeah, uh, especially because we got, like, a lot of, like, really, like, sweet, great stuff with um, the uh, Adventures retrospective, so if people want to send that in, that would be awesome, and that would mean a lot to me, because... Uh, Zero Two, despite its mess, like I've had a lot of fun rewatching it, and I would love to hear what people sort of think from the then and now about it. Yeah, same. Agreed. And with that, uh, Scrafty, what have you been up to, and where can we find you? Uh, I am on Twitter at Scrafty Devil. Uh, I actually haven't been up to a whole lot lately. Um, been trying to get back in the swing of of working because uh, things are. Once again, slowly returning to normal um, before they inevitably close up again because the government has done a piss-poor job of managing this uh, ongoing crisis. But try not to think about that too hard. You know what I have been doing lately? I've been doing a lot of waiting around uh, on the phone for people to answer my calls. And as part of that, I have 
free play the entirety of the original Plants vs. Zombies on my phone. <laughs> huh. Okay, how's that been? It's honestly, it's still, it's still really good. I know, like, it's a whole thing now, and it's like a huge franchise that's spun off into games that I've never even heard of before. But that original, like, cute little tower defense game still holds up pretty well. I'm really disappointed that there's no way you can just buy the game anymore. You have to get a free version that has loads of ads and then, and then pay to turn off the ads, um, which is really Rubbish. silly. I really hate that. Um, please, EA, stop poisoning every single thing that I love. But it's like the actual gameplay is still very good. I I like. I usually am not super into tower defense games just because they're they're so kind of rote. But I like how the game always gives you something to do. Like there's not not a lot of like pure downtime of just sitting around waiting for things to happen. Like you're always collecting something, you're setting up different things, and they keep throwing an enemy variety at you to make you actually think about stuff. I've been trying to work on the survival modes, which I haven't. Uh, I never even touched when I was uh, you know playing it when it first came out back in like 2009 or whenever that was. Jeez, that was a long time ago. Um. But uh, yeah, that's. I know that's a weird thing to talk about, but I, I, I it, it's still fun. Despite EA's best efforts, they could not ruin what is fundamentally a cute and fun game that's uh, still pretty easy, but still good enough to, you know, tide me over for three hours while I wait and listen to music in my ear. That's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because, like, that series seems to have, like, fallen by the wayside, like, completely and utterly, and it feels kind of yeah. weird that they are, haven't, like, I, uh... brought it back in any sense. I remember um, this the, the the sequel came out back in like twenty I want to say twenty twelve twenty thirteen somewhere around there, um, and I downloaded it and I was like it just sucked right at the right at the gate it was super full of my microtransactions super full of um, you know tons of little things that try and nickel and dime you every step of the way like there was premium only plants that you could only buy with real money and you couldn't unlock uh, elsewhere. There were tons of limited resources that you literally couldn't finish stages unless you had them, so you had to either grind for them or just pay to unlock them right away. It was dreadful. So at that moment, I, I ditched the entire series, and I haven't paid attention to any of them since then. Apparently, they made like third-person shooters out of it, which is really weird to me. But um, yeah, this is my first exposure to this franchise since the, the release of the second game way that many, like so many years ago. Apparently, the third-person shooters are decent, like the uh, the most recent one. Uh, Battle for Neighborville. I think that's the name. That's that's so wild because I I literally didn't know that they were a thing until the most recent Nintendo Direct had them. Or no, no, not Nintendo Direct. Yeah. It was the PlayStation Direct thing, whatever that's called. State of Play. It, it, it was in it was in the Nintendo Direct as well. So oh, it was, it was Nintendo Direct. Okay, so yeah, it was it was a case of I think at the time because the first one was called Garden Warfare, and I think at the time it was kind right. of like it felt like an idea that someone had had as like a joke that had gone like. Oh, what if we just actually did this, and and then it kind of went from there, and then I guess it was successful enough that they just did another one, and apparently it's like decent, like for a sort of co-op shooter, and uh, and for its worth, it does not have the microtransaction problem you mentioned uh, before, but um, yeah, the apparently they're okay, and it's, it's kind of novel for me to see like a shooter out there like that isn't just you know real guns necessarily, or like you know hyper violent or whatever so you know obviously fortnite's very cartoony but it's still chock full of real guns and real people shooting each other which i don't like <laughs> you know considering how much <laughs> how many kids play that game so yeah it, it's a case of um it's, it's nice to see but yeah the original i do remember the original pvc2 launch and it just being complete complete arse so it's a shame you can't just buy it yeah i wonder i wonder if it's on steam or something but 
who knows that's a shame yeah it's that's the yeah so uh that's basically what i've been up to you know what i haven't been playing i haven't what? been playing Balan wonderland because <laughs> no one's been playing that game uh I, yeah that folks? demo was pretty bad so it's, I, it's, that demo it's, was very bad in a in a pure uh, what I'm sure is a huge show of confidence and not cowardice, they refuse to send out any review copies. So reviewers are just now playing it since it came out today. Um, the only press it's getting as a result is having some warnings that the final boss can possibly trigger epileptic seizures in people who are prone to epilepsy um, and photosensitivity and. The official Twitter account is struggling to find positive press, so it's just kind of dead silent. It's yeah, they oh, they put out buddy. they put they put out a um, so so that that was a bug and it's getting patched. So not intentional, obviously. Well, obviously not intentional, but not like through any lack of care, other than the not same. Not like kind the of cyberpunk level, level that they yeah, that they it, did. Yeah, it's not like there's a nightclub level and they put a bunch of strobe lights because they thought it'd be cool or whatever. Like the, the there seems like there's a a book, so everything else about the game, I feel like it's, it's fair game because to criticize because it just seems like a, a whole load of shit. So, um, like Yuji Naka, just make just make a new let's tap, forget all this nonsense. You obviously, obviously, Yuji Naka just wants to make it in the nights. Like, if you look at Battling Underland, it's just nights, but with like yeah, the, the, the numbers fouled it's off. Going, it's going for that. Nights, nights were bad. Ball. So, you nights mean nights? Nice is not bad. <laughs> Dang. No, I'm I'm joking. Night, night, both of the, the Knights games that I played were actually quite good. Um, I didn't play the yeah, like, this just seems like he's trying to do that kind of aesthetic again, but without understanding why people liked Knights so much. Well, it's like, that's cool and all, but like, yeah, you, 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 it's sort of wrapped around like an ass 3D platformer um, with like awful controls and no sense of momentum at all and just, just not good. Just bad. Just a bad game. Like It's 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 a bit of a train wreck, but like it's a train wreck I can't look away for because every time I blink, something else happens with this game. I remember being really excited when I saw that trailer. I was like, "Hey, like this is kind of neat." Oh, it's Yuji Naka. I like that art style. And then I played the demo. And was like, "Wow, this is absolute garbage." I, apparently, apparently they yeah. so apparently the game's story doesn't answer every question it raises. You have to buy a book, like an ebook that uh, that explains the rest of the plot. Um, what? And people are are laughing because the ebooks preview like the pre- you know how every book on Amazon has like four preview pages. One of the four preview pages they picked for this ebook has huge spoilers in it, like right in the, nice. one, of the in one of the previews. So perfect, excellent. So, just <sighs> yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, I think by this point we know we know who the actual people involved in making Sonic a good game was. So, um. <laughs> You know, I don't think you, yeah, you know, Yuzhaka, you know, he's, he had no small part to play in those games and so on, but, but, but also, it's the people you work with, not just the guy who's setting up everything. And also, I honestly think he's just the Sega version of, of uh, Inafune, to be honest. <laughs> like, I feel, I feel like there's very similar um, traits and so on between the two of those. So, they, uh, yeah, not great. So anyway, yeah, that game sucks. <laughs> I can really t- I, play- I can tell from the demo. I doubt it's got drastically better since the demo came out. So um, it's yeah. yeah it's I, I know it's beating a dead horse at this point, but you know we all we all love a good punching bag from time to time. It's fun you sometimes when something's just blatantly bad. 
So yeah, I saw, saw you uh, posted the box fox uh, clip, Sloan. Box fox turns you into a box yes. when it feels like it. When it feels oh. like it. That was the moment on the demo when I was just like, okay, I get the feeling that even if this game does have like interesting ideas, most of them are just going to end up being incredibly annoying like instantly. So why bother? Like, I'm why really excited for a, like that, two, chance? for two, three years down the line when Matt McMuscles does a what happened on this game. Oh, he's gonna do one in like eighteen months. He's, he's gonna do one ASA. Eighteen like. months is a is a year and a half. So well, okay, all right. You're well, not far off gonna, my estimate. He's gonna jump off. He's gonna jump on this ASAP because it, it's it's it, you don't see anything like this that often. Although I, I, I tell you what, I feel like the last time we saw something like in this vein, like. Not in terms of the type of game or the talent involved or what have you, but like the sort of the like uh, nature of like how how much of a dream wreck it is is um, that game, The Quiet Man, and that was another Square Enix. Oh uh, God, yeah, that's that's so, oh my God. I just think thinking about the game makes me laugh so hard. Just seeing all the coverage uh, <laughs> of it early on, because like one of, one of my friends is is deaf and. Like her live tweeting her reactions to that game was like one of the funniest experiences I've ever had. It was so funny. Oh my god! Yeah, just just asinine. And of course, Square Enix wants to put out Avengers as well. So <laughs> I feel like the only thing good, the only thing they've got going for them right now is like all their like old school style RPGs and then like Final Fantasy and stuff, which is really weird, but also like really fitting because you'd expect Avengers and stuff to do is better. Is Hitman but... still under the Square umbrella? Uh. No, they they are working with them on like a, they are like licensing the Hitman brand to do another mobile game. But other than that, no, IOI is okay. Completely but like it's now. it's not like it what it used to. Okay. Yeah. Also, Square was like so Square. You know, they they were ready to just leave uh, IOI to 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 the dogs basically. Like after after uh, Hitman One season one didn't do as well as they hoped. So yeah, they they're not very. <sighs> I don't know. Sloane, do you want to talk about Life is well, Strange? They ha- <laughs> Life is Strange by the by the uh, the Union pe- Breakers. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I hope it's good. Now you too can cross the picket line thanks to uh, Life <laughs> I... is Strange before the storm remastered. <laughs> I, I, I tweeted that. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. The new game looks good. Anyway, Scrafty, what else are you getting up to? <laughs> uh, not, not too much as of I, I am I am looking I told myself I would save as much money as I can for the move. However, I am looking respectfully in Monster Hunter Rise's direction right now. Um that I I know that that game is technically unfinished. Like there's lots of press around how the ending will be added in a, a like the second patch or something which is coming like in May or something like that. But That's bad. I just I lo- I love Monster Hunter a lot. I'm not playing it for the story anyway, so I don't really 100% care if the the, the plot is wrapped up in the next couple months. Um, and I, I don't know, I guess I just had that FOMO of like, if I don't get it now, well, my friends are going to be way ahead of me when I finally get it, and we're not going to be able to play that many missions together because they, they're not going to want to waste their time on a newbie. But that's just, think that's just how it goes, I guess. Like, I, I think co-op games are just out for me because a lot of my like online gaming friends are in different time zones. Um, so, yeah. I kind of it's like I want to play Monster Hunter because it looks cool, but also I know it's going to require time investment that I frankly just can't commit to. Um, I also want to play It Takes Two, which just came out, but again, it's a co-op only game. I need someone to play it with, and 
uh, I don't know. I don't know who's there. It, it, this sounds Get a really sad. Controller. I'm saying. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not that good at games. I like to think I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that good. I'm not like a speedrunner exhibition kind of person. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, if you get Monster Hunter, um, I'm sure it will be fun regardless because it looks really cool. Yeah, the aesthetic for that game looks really nice. Anything else, Crafty? Uh, no, that's all I can really think of for now. It's been a pretty uneventful uh, period. I've been really busy with you know, getting stuff ready for the move, and because of that, I haven't been online or playing games a whole lot. Like like I said, the, the most I've played a game in the past like week and a half has, has been playing a you know 15 year old mobile game on my phone <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh yeah it's been it's been one of those weeks uh apologies to anyone who's listened to this if i've been um a bit of a cryptid recently I've, I've been super super busy so hey you gotta take care of business and we're thankful that you still make time for the digital monsters yeah i mean i, I literally just watched all four episodes like this morning <laughs> like usually i do my watching further ahead of time like i do uh, the dub one day, then the sub uh, the other day, and I just make sure I have enough time to let it kind of marinate in my thoughts for a while. But this time, I, I've left it till the very last minute because yesterday I was, I was like four episodes. I was like, was I missing episodes? And I remembered, <laughs> oh right, the the sub. Yeah, I I am thinking I in the spirit of Chiaki Kanaka, I might uh, pull back on the sub a bit as we entertainers, just because I I don't think the the changes are as important moving forward unless it's. You know, in, in a few specific instances that I already know about in advance. Because um, I don't I don't want to be pedantic. I don't want to be the kind of person who just goes like, well, in the sub they said this, but in the dub they said this. Because I sound like a, a like a someone who cares too much, I guess. I don't want to sound like I'm I'm blowing things out of proportion when whatever small things are changed. Especially with Tamers, which is one of my, one of my favorite shows of all time. So Totally. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, Tom, how, what have you been up to? Where can we find you? You can find me at twitter.com slash coldmanhot, um, uh, where I'm just called Tom. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me. Uh, feel free to uh, follow along if you, you know, like what you've heard in here, I suppose. Um, I have been playing a few things lately, um, which now I need to do the part where I try and remember. Right, yes, that's it. I was playing, uh, I started playing Dicey Dungeons, which is a really cool um i guess kind of rogue kind of roguelike i guess that's not really the right phrase for it but it's basically a game where you play as a, a little dice dude and you go into dungeons and you fight monsters in like turn-based battles um but all the turn-based battles are themed around rolling dice so you have a set amount of dice that are rolled for you, or depending on what character you're playing and what kind of like scenario you're playing, the rules will change to offer all these different kinds of dice-based scenarios. But basically, at the end of the day, it's like using the dice you've rolled to the best of your abilities. Like there are attacks where it will say like, you know, pop a dice, slot a dice into this attack. So if you've got a six, uh, if you rolled a six, that's great. You can do six damage. Um, maybe you've only rolled a one, so you can only do one damage. Uh, or there's opportunities where it's like, you know, roll roll a dice, you know, put a die into this attack and you can do like fire damage or, you know, burn. You can burn the enemy's dice because the enemies play by the same rules as you. They just have their own uh, different attacks and, and skills and such. So it's a really fast paced. It's a really quick game. Um, it's surprising that it was only on PC for the longest time. I'm not sure if it's on mobile. I'm playing it on Switch. 
the Switch port came out last year, and it took me a while to actually get around to playing it, picking it up. Uh, but I have started playing it, and it's very, um, yeah, it's just sucked itself into my veins. It's it's really damn good. Um, it's just, it's by the same chap who did uh, Super Hexagon and VVVVVV, uh, but it looks nothing like those games. Like it is a wildly different art style from either of those. Uh, way more sort of cartoon network sort of vibe to it. It's uh, really good. Um, highly recommended. The other thing I've been playing is um, um, I've just started playing the Crash Bandicoot mobile game. It's really funny that you're just talking about all these different. Oh, the that... Crash on the Run or whatever. Yeah, that's it. So that came out like it's been in like testing and betas and stuff for like soft launches and that for ages, but it finally came out worldwide. Um, I'm a huge Crash Bandicoot fan. I think this game's okay. Um, I think I say okay because for a phone game, it looks really nice. Like it doesn't it doesn't look too far off of the like standard that like Crash Four has. Um, Crash Four looks nicer, but like um, you know, it's on the big boy consoles and all that. <laughs> this looks fairly nice. Um, it's very authentic to Crash. It's you know, it's not like they have fully recaptured that brand at this point or whatever, you know, like everything feels like an extension of the PS1 games at this point and, you know, what they've done with the remakes and so on. The problem with this game, as with a lot of these film games, is, yeah, there's just it just, I wouldn't mind I don't really mind timers and stuff because ultimately I will play this game at the same time as I'm watching a YouTube video or something and if it, and if it gets to the point where the timers are just getting in the way of playing it, I will stop playing it and I'll come back to it later. The part that annoys me is when I load it up and it's like, hey, check out this, you can get this cool set of crap for X pounds or, you know, all these crystals and whatever. I'm just like, oh, go away. I'll use the, I'll use the shop if I want to. Like, <laughs> they had a, they had a, they had like a starter pack where it was like, pay a five, pay five pounds and you can get a whole bunch of resources and then also a skin based on the motorbike levels from Crash 3. Uh, and then I played it a bit to figure out if I actually liked the game or not. And I thought, yeah, it's all right. So I put the money in. But then it came up with another one. And it was like, hey, want the biker skin for Coco as well? And I was like, um, no, Coco never had a biker skin. So that doesn't really work. Also, I've literally just paid you. So, you know, back off. <laughs> like, It would have been nice if they just had a store and you could go into it. Well, well you can do that, but also just no pop-ups. So that's the thing with phone games that kind of annoys me in spots uh, is when they can get a bit too pushy uh, or very pushy um, and yeah it's a, it's fairly grindy as well like in terms of like currencies and stuff but yeah if they ever trimmed back on that in the future I'd recommend it highly as it is uh, I think it's a fun game but yeah just some of the free to play stuff kind of gets in the way other than that it's you know it's a, it's a crash runner you know it's not it's not an endless runner it's a level based thing so uh, and it's just fun here and creates smashing noise to be honest. So it's uh, you know that's that's half the fun right there. Um, other than that, I think that's it. So I think that's really most of what I've been up to. So uh, oh, I, I will say actually, uh, I've I've started playing Ring Ring Fit Adventure again in earnest. Um, and and that game can beat the hell out of you if it wants to. <laughs> if you're if you're as unfit as me, then uh, yeah, that game uh, that game will bend you over its knee and fuck you up so <laughs> yes um so yeah uh while i continue to suffer from that um sloan where can we find you and what have you been up to lately 
You can find me at Slomerzet on Twitter. Uh, still on the P5R grind. Uh, I'm at the part with the stupid cup. I hate that stupid cup. I hate that whole sequence of the end game from the original. Uh, it's oh, so the, bad and dumb. The the Holy Grail. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that dumb cup. After like the Shido stuff, which is like super good, then it's like, hey, here's this big cup that's brainwashed humanity. Ain't that fun? And I'm like, no, this sucks. Never, never forget the overarching message of Persona Five. Make sure that you break free of society's chains and rebel, but only in ways that's societally responsible and acceptable. You don't want to rock the boat too much. Yeah, not too much. As long as as long as you are normative and look cool, then it's okay. As long as you're polite uh, and quiet, it doesn't matter what how you rebel. Just you just gotta make yeah. sure you don't upset the apple cart. The R the R in P five R stands for rally, as in centrist rally. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I haven't played. I've only played vanilla P. Better P5. things are not possible. <laughs> uh, coming coming soon. P five L Persona five Libertarian. <laughs> I was, I was oh, no. hoping that was going to be leftist, but that's even no. worse. Uh, I'm excited for the third semester stuff, though. I've had friends be like, hey, like, no, like, this part kind of stinks, but you're going to really like the stuff. So I am excited for it. Uh, I've been, like, uh, fusing, like, a lot of, like, high-level personas. So it's just like, yesterday I was like, hey, I'm just going to fuse a level 95 Lucifer. That's rad. Like, it's just dumb, but I like it. But yeah, I hate that big <laughs> dumb cup. Um, I can't wait to beat it today. I'm going to kick its butt. Stupid I'm just uh, sorry. In, so, and you'll probably appreciate this every single time. Yeah, you talk about summoning Lucifer. I'm just thinking of um, that bit from the Giant Bomb Endurance Run where they're just like, "Hey, get yeah. summoning Satan." <laughs> it's such a classic. <laughs> I've been. I, as another uh, thing, I've been up to. I have been rewatching that because now I guess I'm stuck in the Persona Vortex. Like it's 2014. That Endurance <laughs> Run doesn't always hold up well, but <laughs> the yeah, yeah. Great. I mean, it's like. 12 years old at this point now but it's um it's, it's 10 I, years I, old and it's yeah i enjoy humor their, is very very I, then i i enjoy the yeah i think it's like one part where jeff calls rizé a whore which i think was just like whoa it's it's pretty <laughs> but, rough yeah but um i think generally speaking i think i enjoyed their more like detached attitude compared to like you know the target audience let's say of of those games um, and yeah, sure enough, Persona Four was the breakout yeah. game. So um, that's no, so, it's yeah. yeah, it's very funny that it's just like they're just playing it like they just do not. There's like whatever, like it's it's very <laughs> it's very humorous. I will always crack uh, up that, that uh, uh, this is this is how I always think of Persona Four because of that endurance run is is the part where they just call it the Tokyo Drift RPG. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Everyone else calls Persona Four <laughs> yes. Scooby Doo. That's all I can think of, though, is the, is the Tokyo Drift RPG. Anyway, anyway, sorry. I really I, want I a think, Tokyo Drift RPG. Uh, I, I, I think whenever I think about the endurance, run, I just think about Owlman. Owlman's forever, um, <laughs> forever like locked in my brain. Yes. <laughs> I, I love how they think it's like gonna be like like a hot lady at first, based on the silhouette, and then it's just an out like a naked owl dude. <laughs> it's so hey, Dad, good. Daddy, wearing the owl head again? Yes, yeah, son. <laughs> I sure am. You've been mad for twenty five years. <laughs> all right, all right, no, all right. Everyone, go watch that so you can get you can get what the hell we're talking about. Um, yeah, but they, also they be wary like, when you watch it. We probably yeah, sound sure. like lunatics <laughs> to anyone who hasn't <laughs> who hasn't watched yeah. the endurance run. Yeah, I mean, I imagine we already sound like uh, like that to most people, considering we're doing a podcast about Digimon and we're like this fervently like passionate nope, about this it. This is one hundred percent normal. 
totally normal. Nothing, nothing odd about this whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, hey, yo, uh, did y'all that... see the um the cast of the live action One Piece Netflix TV show just leaked? <gasps> no. What? No. Link me to How that. How many white people to... are in it? Oh, oh god, people are talking about it in the. Oh, uh, first thing I see is they made Luffy white. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, you know. Um... So I'm I'm looking at here. Yeah, Luffy Luffy is white. However, Zoro is Japanese and Usopp is black. So that's something, I guess. Huh. Wait, where does it say? Oh, okay. I don't know these. Oh, I know. Okay, I know. Uh, yeah, I don't really know these people. Have you seen uh, Shira and the Princess of Power? The show? No, I haven't. Okay, well, first of all, see that it's pretty. It's pretty good. I do need to um, watch that at some point. But yeah, the, the dude who voiced the main one of the main characters in that is playing Usopp in this, so that should be cool. Okay. Uh, I don't know any of these people, but uh, good for them. <laughs> no Scar Joe, so we we dodged one bullet but got hit by another. <laughs> I'm looking at the, the Instagram for the guy who the, the guy who's playing Luffy. Um, Christ follower, drummer, actor. Uh, okay. A winning combination. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 no shade in anyone who is Christian, like avidly or anything, but like, you know, <laughs> it's like red Lu- flags. Luffy says, for- "Believe in the <laughs> Lord, and He shall deliver you." <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yes, you the power of God and anime is on his side. I guess. <laughs> That's how we got. The, that's how we got the part. That's how we got the part. Speaking about actors and voice actors, can I just say, uh, going back to Persona Five, I forgot that they changed Igor's voice, but Igor is now voiced by Gabumon. Of course, doing like a a not a not quite Igor, oh. but Igor voice. And now I just want to commission fan art of Gabumon as Igor. <laughs> I just had the most. That'd be great. Uh, sorry, to, sorry to change the subject again. I just had the most cursed thought ever. Tell so us. you know how you know how in, in One Piece, uh, Usopp's dad's a pretty important character, right? I don't know uh, One Piece, so I don't, okay, do well, you? Nope, sorry, lost. Okay, so U- Usopp's dad is is one of the members of um like the most powerful crew in the in the world of One Piece. Um, what if they got Eric Andre to play him? That'd be that'd be. I, I mean, more things need Eric Andre in it. To be fair, Eric Andre in an anime series would be the funniest thing of all time to me. I, I have that no would, idea that why. Be, that would be genuinely great. I, I've I've no idea why I'm so fixated on this idea, but just like I don't know, Eric Andre anime. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm here for it. But other than that, um, so I beat Noja. Got the true ending. That game is good. Still recommend, it, especially after they patched it and made it less yikes. Uh, what else have I been up to? Uh, I'm probably gonna buy some stuff in that Annapurna Switch sale because. Ooh yeah. A lot of stuff is on like pretty decent discount, and I've been meaning to play all this stuff for a while. And I've had friends be like, "No, you need to play this. You need to play this. You need to play this." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Guess I'm just playing, getting more Switch games to play." So 2021 is the year I actually play video games. Who would have thought? Oh yes. Instead of, as opposed to 2020, where all of my weekly updates were, I played more Slay the Spire. It's now I'm actually doing things. It's wild. <laughs> hmm. Well. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, it's. Good. I don't think there's going to be many games coming out this year, so you know. Yeah, might as I well, think might as this well. is this <laughs> is the first year we're really going to be seeing the impact of COVID nineteen on game development. Yeah, honestly, um, I would not be surprised if Digimon Survive flips into next year. It, it very well. To... It very well might. Yeah. 
Like with I'm the combination. That thought into the world. We are going to get through all of Frontier before we get Digimon Survive. I am saying that right now. Yeah, like with with a combination of um, COVID forcing a bunch of people to work from home and apparently Japanese devs being extremely spooked by the major Capcom data leak that happened last year That's to right. want their employees to work from home. It's just creating kind of like a gridlock where they have no choice but to work from home because they can't go into the office every day, but they're not allowing employees all the resources from home in case another leak happens. So progress yeah. is just like slowed to a crawl in some regards. That's all. That's all yeah, here to say that. I don't have any combination. I don't have any confirmation of that. No, I mean that that doesn't surprise me. Uh, but I, also, I guess that makes this year a good year to uh, buff up my backlog as much as possible because I'll be getting around to stuff because I'm actually playing video games now. So um, that's it, really. I've I'm once I get to Persona Five Royal, the, like the end of that, then I'll actually like be talking about other games I've been playing. But yeah, uh Gabumon Igor. Uh I'm gonna make I'm gonna make that happen with my own two hands and my wallet. <laughs> so <laughs> next week is the week we have all been waiting for. Not for the reason of we've been wanting it, but we've all been waiting for it. Episode 50 and the epilogue of Digimon Adventure 02 is next week. That's all we're doing, and uh, we'll see how we survive then. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll hope. Well, well, let's hope we we manage to stick the landing on this one. Let's hope. <laughs> so this. All right. Has goodbye, been everyone. Novacast. This has been Novacast, and with that solemn warning, uh, goodbye, everyone. Farewell. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.